nights I can't afford to be here. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today, live and in person, vaxxed and boosted, please welcome from Northern California, Mr. Dana McKissick. Hey Dana, how you doing? Hey Pat, how are you? I am good. Now Dana, you have been on the show before, but it was via Zoom. Correct. And uh, and you've been to my house before, but we but we didn't record. No. We went record shopping and then you treated me to a wonderful evening of electric light orchestra music. That is correct. And when we did the Zoom record, we did a track by track of your favorite electric light orchestra album, Out of the Blue. And these were all, each track was a different vinyl rip from a different pressing that you owned. Yep. So very specific. Very specific. And today... We have decided, or you have decided, because you said, I'm going to be in town, let's record. And I said, that's fantastic. What's your topic going to be? And you were going back and forth between a few, and then you landed on, not surprisingly, Electric Light Orchestra. Shocker. A shocker. So we're going to go through um, all the proper Electric Light Orchestra albums. We're not talking about Jeff Lynne's ELO. Correct. Uh, and we're going to go through all these, and we've picked two songs from each album. And that's what we're going to do. Sounds great. Now, I got all that information out. Now we're going to chat about you a little bit. Okay. Okay, so you and your wife, uh, Danielle. Yep. You're just taking a little uh, a little trip. I had some uh, Southwest flight credits that were about to expire. Mm-hmm. And so um, we just decided, well, where, where would we like to go to? So I went to uh, Portland a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm here here and the idea was just to do some record shopping but i thought well if uh you're in town you're available it would be great to be able to record a podcast and i'm always in town i'm always available not always <laughs> most of the time i'm in town and i'm available hey, right now let me tell you this if you're a patreon supporter you know how we give out prizes on friday dana has graciously purchased 11 elocds uh, from no answer all the way up through balance of power and those are going to be the prizes in conjunction with this episode so look for that if you're listening right now and you're a patreon person head over to the patreon page tomorrow friday and see what uh, easy question i ask it's never a difficult question folks it's never difficult and um and get on it and if you're not supporting the show through patreon how dare you <laughs> it's embarrassing i'm embarrassed for you patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast all right before we get started, I have one more thing to mention, and this this will probably uh, be of interest to Dana for sure, because I'm going to talk a little bit about some vinyl albums that are being reissued from Ray B Records in 2022. They are celebrating the music of Roxy Music throughout the year. They're reissuing all eight studio albums, and these sound amazing because I have had the pleasure of hearing them. It's Every single album, including most recently on July 1st, they re-released Flesh and Blood and Avalon. These are all fresh half-speed cuts by Miles Showell. 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 See, I knew you knew it. At Abbey Road Studios in London. Uh, and to reflect the enhanced audio, the album artwork has been similar, similarly 
similar, I can't say it, revised with lyrics and deluxe gloss laminated finish. If you're a Roxy Music fan, it's time to double dip. It's time to purchase these again. And if you don't own these albums, well then, good for you. You can purchase them all right now. So go do it. They come from Ray B Records. Head over to their website and check it out. So good. You will not be disappointed. And and I will tell you this. I have that entire box set of those remasters on vinyl, and they sound great. There you go. Absolutely great. How's the reproduction on the sleeves and everything? Great. Would you say impeccable? I'd say really close because a lot of times that's where they um, they skimp on the artwork. Yeah, they'll they'll do a good job remastering. Sometimes they don't use the right pressing plant. These guys did, and then uh, the artwork all looks beautiful. Okay, yeah. good deal, good deal. So, look, Dana's an expert because Dana, how many? If you if you know it off the top of your head, how many vinyl records do you currently own? I do know that because I I hit a milestone just a few days ago. <laughs> I own five thousand and four records. Okay. 5,004 records. And how long have you been, when did you purchase your first vinyl album for this new run as a collector? Uh, I want to say about six and a half years ago, I got back into vinyl and I promised my wife one record a week. No, sorry. I promised her one record a month and um, do the math. It's uh, two a day. Here's what I'm going to do. So you said 5,004. Yes. And then we're going to divide that by, ladies and gentlemen, walking through the room right now, currently, uh, you know the laugh. It's Christy Stratton. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Christy, this is Dana. Dana, this is Christy. Hi, Dana. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Now, can I ask where you're going, Christy? I'm going home. (laughs) Wait, I'm, I'm I'm doing some writing here, which is great. I love this space. It's fabulous. Um, but my husband invited me over to swim in the pool and I'm like, all right. All right. You got to go. Break. Yeah. All right. From my career. (laughs) Well, we will see you later tonight, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're coming back. Okay, good. Okay. Careful on those stairs. I I don't trust your shoes. I know to wait till the click with the door. Yeah, it's fine. Christy Stratton, everyone. It's like when you watch Laugh-In and someone pops in all of a sudden. Christy yeah. Stratton's here. So, uh, yeah, Dana Christy is uh, staying here for two weeks as a writer's retreat. She has a lot of projects and, that she's working on. That's nice. And a lot of fun stuff. So it's uh, it's great to have her here. And I'm going to get her behind these mics, folks. By the time you hear this, you've probably already heard an episode we recorded with Christy. So, all right, back to doing math. 5,004 albums Yeah. divided by how many years? I think it's six, six, a little, six years, two months, something like that. I'm just say divided by 6.2. Yeah. Does that work? I don't uh, think it does. No. Uh, no six times 12 plus two measure. It works out to 1.9 so, something. I got 807 albums a year. Sure. And I'm going to say divided by uh, 52 weeks. Yeah. It's, it's 15 albums a week. And yeah. divided by <laughs> divided by seven, you're yeah. right, yeah. equals 2.2 albums it's, a day. Day. It's it's not healthy. Uh, look, however, some of those were given. A lot of those were given to me. And right. my, my wife may listen to this, so almost all of them were given to me. Um, but they weren't. Um, but people, oh, you're into vinyl. Here, I found these in my attic. Or here, so and so, you know, here have these box of records. And do you enjoy that? Because Mike Siegel gives me albums that he finds, and they're in disastrous uh, yeah. states. Yeah. The jackets are torn. He's like, and I'm like, I'm not a I'm not a fucking dumpster. I just can't. Th- <laughs> and he's like, yeah, dude, t-. like the last three he gave me were I brought them home and, I, and they were in really bad shape. So sorry, Mike, I threw those away. 
the last three I just threw away because they were in such bad shape. And first of all, he gave me Led Zeppelin two, mm-hmm. and I open it up and it's in through the outdoor. Hmm. And and then the Led Zeppelin two jacket just crumbled in in pieces. I mean, it just didn't. It wasn't even together. Right. So I'm. I no, I actually, I love when people give me records because I just had somebody give me four boxes of classical albums mm-hmm. and I like classical music. I'm not a, a, a aficionado, but I found a couple of gems in there that are worth a lot of money. And, um, but Shh, don't tell those people they gave you this. Oh, they knew worth money. Okay. They, they knew most of them were, you know, and they were all in great, typically people with classical music or jazz, they typically are in really mm-hmm. good shape, but I've had, you know, a person give me many box of records that the cat had decided to use the sleeves as a scratching post. <laughs> and so that part was bad, but the records were in great shape. So I found some real gems in there. And, and you, you're an audiophile cause you have, yeah. you have, you don't just have a bottle of spray solution and a rag. <laughs> you have, you have equipment to properly uh, clean these records. What do you have? Uh, you have a, a degritter? I have a welcome to tech talk, uh, boring, skip ahead about five minutes. Um, I have a record, it's called an Okinoki vacuum-based cleaning. So I use this special fluid called TurgiClean. You scrub it into the record, mm-hmm. you vacuum it off. Now, it's it's what the Library of Congress uses. You have to rinse it off. Mm-hmm. So I used to just rinse it off with water, but now I have something called a degritter, which is an ultrasonic record cleaner <laughs> that literally uses... I'm ultra- laughing, yeah. and yet I think it's amazing. Because it, when you go, when someone yeah. goes all in on their passion, yeah. that's the way to do it. Okay, keep going, keep going. And so you stick the record in, it looks like a giant toaster, you hit a button and it starts to clean it for anywhere from three minutes to five minutes and then mm-hmm. it dries it and it the out pops this perfectly pristine record. And if it sounds, if it still sounds bad after that, you know that there's no hope for that record. And say, if it still sounds bad after that, yeah. do you still keep it or do you dump it? Depends on the record. So I this have- this is where we get into the hoarding. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so I have a, a, some records that I've kept because uh, I'm going to find a better copy, uh, something maybe rare. Okay. But for the most part, I can honestly say I've listened to all but maybe- 50 of my records because they're still in the to be cleaned and to be listened to pile. Okay. And I might own two records that have a skip on them. And I know that. And one day I'll find a, a better, a copy. better copy, but when I'm talking one skip, if I have a record that's beat up, I won't. And like one of the records was, uh, it was Duran Duran's decade. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to find on vinyl. Very rare. I found it for five bucks. It has a couple of skips on side two. I, uh, one day I'll find a better copy. All right. Well, I'll yeah. keep my eye out for that also. And listeners, if you want to help Dana out and you're not a vinyl person, but you find yourself in record stores from time to time and you find a copy of Decade, let us know. You know, right? Would the, you like that, right? Uh, uh, this absolutely. way we have the whole world looking. There you go. <laughs> um, now, uh, uh, not to uh, not to bring the show down on a sad note, but your mom recently passed. She did. She passed away last month. I'm very sorry to hear that. And uh, you know, thank you. We we don't say it in jest. We say rock and peace. So mm-hmm. rock and peace. What was your mom's name? My mom's name was Nancy, and I can honestly say I got my love of music from my mom. And you also just recently acquired something else when your mom passed. You got her record collection, correct? I've been rating her record collection for the last six years, okay. ever since I got back into vinyl. And To borrow, or would you go, Mom, can I have this? Oh, no, my mom, she still had her turntable. She still had her mm-hmm. cassette deck. She still had her, I want to say, maybe 1,500 albums. And um, the problem was my mom was a smoker, so the records were, um, you know, they had that. Yeah. But she also took decent care of them, and mm-hmm. there was a, just a, a, an amazing collection. So I think the first go-around, there's some rare Pink Floyds and stuff like that. I, I maybe took 50 okay, and then every, I would go back a couple times a year. And every time I come back with fewer and fewer records because I had basically rated her yeah. collection, yeah. but for 
when she passed away, uh, I went through all of her records and I put them in nice boxes and I basically set them out in her apartment and I invited friends and family over to basically shop at Nancy's record store for the last time and anything they wanted they could take. And I found, um, I just found some amazing records that even that had been like tucked away or autographed copies of this, that, or the- Wow, so cool. One of them, and I, I don't remember her name, she's a folk singer. She autographed it to my mom. I just was listening to it and really enjoyed it. And I looked her up and she's still performing. Wow. 20 years later. twenty. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to see her live and meet her in uh, next Saturday, a week from today, when we're back in Maine for my mom's remembrance. Now, do you know you're going to meet her? You're yeah. going to try to, or you've oh, set no. this up? Already set up. And you and you told her the whole this whole story that reached you just out, told me? Reached out to the venue where she's going to be performing, have the seats reserved, and uh, they already put in a word to her that there's somebody here who's going to want to meet, and she loves meeting her fans. So That's great. And do you have yeah. something to get signed from this artist? I'm going to have her sign the same album that she signed to my mom 20 20 years ago or 25 years ago you can't say the artist's name i can't remember it (laughs) i want to say annie clark but that's not right all right i have the picture i'll look it up yeah you can tell us later it's okay now uh can i ask how old your mom was when she passed uh my mom was pretty young she was in her late 60s okay yeah yeah because you know to be my mom's my parents are 84 and but they weren't into music like this. So I figured your mom was definitely way younger than my parents. Yeah. And you're way younger than me. How old are you, Dana? 58. Oh, we're the same age. <laughs> we are. Why do I think you're much younger than me? Uh, I, my healthy lifestyle. Is I don't it know. your exuberance for life? That's it. It's all the, <laughs> it's all the vinyl. We'll, we'll, we'll go there. <laughs> okay. Vinyl is keeping you young. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, what else did I want to talk about before we start? Because I, I always want to talk for about 15 minutes at the beginning so people can complain about something. Yeah. Where's the music? Where's the music? Why didn't we get to hear, you know, some of uh, something from Balance of Power? Oh, boy. Um, what else can I say? Oh, one more thing. More prizes uh, that will be coming up. I just received two copies of a book called The Stone Age, 60 Years of the Rolling Stones, written by international best-selling author Leslie Ann Jones. She's written books on John Lennon and books on David Bowie. So I got two copies of those. I also have two copies of Kenny Loggins' Still All Right. Get it? Like, all all right. I'm all right, I'm all right. but he's still all right. Yeah. And and then the aforementioned uh, entire uh, ELO catalog, which you're not going to win all those. Uh, people will win uh, a few of those. Or maybe nine, maybe uh, 11 people each win one. I'm not sure how I'll do it yet, but you're not going to get them all, so calm down. Just relax. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, Dana... You're ready to go. You got your I notes in front, of, in front of you. Yes. You're, um, you're, uh, you're still looking for that name, but it's okay. I'm, Don't worry yeah. about the name. It's fine. It's fine. You can, you can tweet about the name. And, will do. And by the time this drops, you'll have met her. I will. I mean, maybe you, have, you can post a picture of the signed album you got. Yep. And all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, how do you, have you gotten autographs before? I have. And do you, uh, do you like doing that? No, I hate it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I, you inspire me. Like, um, I, I always feel like I'm imposing. I feel uh-huh. like e- even, you know, uh, uh, yeah, even if it's somebody I know is approachable yeah. or is, you know, already there, I just feel like, you know, I, I don't want to impose on them. So I get it. Yeah, I get it. The last, um, the last autograph I got in person, it's a, it's that heart album right there. Yeah. You can see Anne, Nancy signed it when she was a guest on the show in person and Anne signed it a few weeks ago, right there on her neck. There's not not a lot of place to sign, but I love 
that album cover. I've oh, always yeah. wanted to get it signed. Oh yeah. So uh, I had a chance to uh, say hello to uh, Ann Wilson in person because she was on the show via Zoom. So that's my connection. But yeah, when I was just, uh, before I did that, I mean, I'm still a fan. I don't want to say when I was just a fan. When I'm still a fan of these people, mm-hmm. but it's it's sometimes easier for me now because of the show. Yeah. But yeah, when, yeah. Uh, but I was never nervous when I was uh, straight up just doing it as a fan either. Cause I just, for me, it's like, uh, I, I don't hunt, but this is like, this is how I hunt. I hunt, right. you know, I want to, where's the best, where am I going to find my subject and how am I going to get to, how close can I get and what can I do and what can I say? And is it going to happen? And I always think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I always think it's going to happen. And, uh, as you can see from the wall, most of the time, it, it pretty, happens. pretty impressive yeah I, I and i love the fact you're not doing you're not doing this to make money or anything this is no. you're a genuine fan and and it's art i mean i love i, I think album covers one of the advantages of vinyl mm-hmm. over cds is you've got that real estate and, yep. and so you've got a, a beautiful you know basically platform to to get sick you know some of these albums are easier to sign than others but right i mean it's art period yeah and i mean uh you know and you can uh you can find your favorite album by that person that's what i usually do i find my favorite one if i can't find that then i try to find one that's the best for signing. Right. So. Right. All right. We're going to get into it. Now, the first album by ELO is called No Answer. And Jeff Lynn just posted that it's a 50th anniversary. It is. Of the first album. It is. No Answer. Now, these uh, these first two ELO albums, <laughs> it's not it's not what we know. And do you say electric, electric light orchestra? Oh my God. Or do you say ELO? <laughs> I say both. I say, uh, I flip them all the time. I mean, I like to, I like to do the proper yeah. electric light orchestra, but my head and tongue just won't let me do it well, sometimes. Here's the thing is they do toward the end, they do become ELO. Yes, they, they do. They no longer become electric light orchestra. So you tell us when I will. Don't do it now. No. Uh, so, and how many, how many songs are on the, uh, on the first album? Oh, not very many. And on the second album, there's only five songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we have most of the same tracks from the first two, but but here we go. Uh, 1972. So I have a quick trivia question for you. You, say, you interrupt and say, and you're not interrupting. You say whatever you want, anytime you so want. So do you know why this answer is, this album is called No Answer? You know what? I know that I... When you tell me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I knew that story, but I don't know it to tell it. So everywhere else in the world, it's just called Electric Light Orchestra. But yeah. for in the U.S., um, the uh, there was a universe, or United Artist Exec, that's the company that released the album, okay. uh, want, had his secretary call Lennon to get the name of the album. Okay. And she called and didn't get an answer. So she left a note on the record saying no answer. And so and that's what they, na- that's that's what what they called they, it. And that's what they named it. I love that story. I hope it's true. It is. I mean, I think even Jeff's confirmed that. All right, yeah. and um, and why did they, why is it why couldn't it just be self uh, self titled in the U.S. too? I, I don't know. Why do we need it? I yeah, you'll find that um, actually in the U.S. some of the covers are different mm-hmm. um, for U.S. and Canada. Um, occasionally, the track listings are different. Not very often, but they are. And when you enter these into your, do you still use iTunes? I do actually. Okay. I have. Yeah. I mean, you're I mean, you're a vinyl guy. I mean, when, now, when yeah. you put put it in iTunes. Which album cover do you choose? Like, for example, on the third day, right. there's a version with the whole band. Right. And there's a version with, I can't even explain it. It's like the the, the world and then right. Jeff Lynn's <laughs> out of focus it's, face. Yeah. That's the one I use because I feel like that's the true cover. So if it's a UK pressing, I will use the, I'm that guy. Uh, or if it's a okay. US pressing, I use and I, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. 
Where's my nerd talk sting? I need to get it out. I think we're going to need it. All right, Dana, what's your first song off of No Answer? So not only is it the first song off the album, but it's also the first song they ever recorded. And they actually recorded it as The Move. So they were in the studio recording. uh, uh, Both Roy and Jeff were laying down the tracks for the next Move album. And the band did their stuff. And then they left. And Roy and Jeff started monkeying with the song and then discovered, oh, this would make a great song for our new band that we're starting called... uh, and ELO. You, and how do you say the name of this song? 10538 Overture. All right. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what's that number mean? Do we know that? Yeah, we do. I believe. So was this the one? I think they were, um, Jeff was looking down at some of the mixing board and on the mixing board, one of the model numbers of like the EQ was 1053. Mm-hmm. And Roy said to Jeff, add an eight and you've got a song. And there you go. <laughs> It sounds like a lot of stuff is just happening with this first album. Oh, like, I think drugs might have been involved. Who knows? Right. And yeah. of course, uh, the Roy you're talking about is Roy Wood. Roy Wood. Who was in The Move with Jeff Lynne. Right. And he's also on these first two. First one. Just the first just one. Just the first one. And then he said, I'm out of here. And this, then he's gone. This is too crazy for me. Yeah. Okay. This is 10538 Overture. <laughs> just a few years back American Hustle American Hustle who directed that I can't think of it off the top of my head oh it's not Darren Aronofsky I don't know why I think but that's not it who is it I forget but yeah it was uh, with uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence and uh, it's a good movie yeah and the song I I guess it got some renewed popularity yep absolutely I think it's on the it's on the soundtrack of that movie it is yep okay that was also my song so we're gonna I figured and and to be honest both songs you picked (laughs) We're both songs I picked because look, some of these albums, yeah, you can. There's a there's a lot you can pick from, but for me, there's not. Like I own this CD. I I don't put this CD in. No, these the, these first actually these first this, three the, albums don't get a whole lot of play for me. These are these are you own these because you're a completist. That is it. That's why you. Own that them. is it. And may you and you have these on vinyl. Uh, multiple copies of each, of course. Because. Uh, ELO is your favorite band. They are my favorite band. Of yes. all time. Of all time. All right. Yes. Let's move on to your second song. Second song is um, Mr. Radio. And the, what I like about this song is, it. I mean, the production on this album, and it, it's pretty rough. I mean, but, you know, this was... Which ni- is odd to say for Jeff Lynne. It was 1971. It was, you know, they didn't have a lot of technology back then, but, um, and they were trying to do, I mean, he was trying to basically create an orchestra mm-hmm. without an orchestra. 
So it's just, I think that cello in that, uh, in, uh, 10538 overture was like dubbed over like 15 16 times just over and over again mm-hmm. to try to make it sound bigger than it really was than a single cello he needed to be over at abbey road with george martin producing he needed an orchestra because it's in your name and, and he need, <laughs> but he needed a budget for an orchestra and that would come but i think that mr radio is of the, all the songs on the album is the one that just hints at the direction that jeff's going to take ELO in the all future right. let's hear it mr radio get to produce themselves so early in their career like what record labels like yeah you can do it yeah you know what i mean you would think that they would be like wait a minute you do you guys know how to do this yeah and it wasn't like the move was i mean they were popular but not you know i don't think i don't think they had the cachet to say hey we're gonna start this new band exactly yeah Yeah. it's very i mean good good for them because then they get all the money yeah but um yeah and and you know and you know they proved later that he can do it oh yeah but uh i'm gonna ask you to do something this stays in the show uh, I feel like your microphone's going to fall off the rubber pad. See, so if you could just see it. There you go. Oh, that makes me feel bad. <laughs> I was watching that. Through, is it going to fall off? Is, that, is something going to happen there? All right. This stays in the show. All yeah. right. The next album is... Oh, real quick. Yes. Because I have this information for each album. Oh, okay. That good. Album, I want you to, and I want you to give it. Because I'm just going to say for this yeah. episode, yeah, I like that song. Or, hey, those drums are good. Yeah. No, that album came out in 1971. It made it all the way to 32 in the UK which amazing mm-hmm. and then there's conflicting information about the u.s i i've the the number i think is true is like 196 but i didn't know they tracked i guess they tracked the top 200 yeah they yeah. do track the top 200 <laughs> okay. and uh 196 and then the following week of course it's not on the chart at all. Uh, exactly it didn't yeah. move up so no this was not a huge hit in the u.s it's not like you we we uh we were 196 with a bullet <laughs> and then three weeks later in the top 10 no that no any work. album that debuts at 196 that enjoy your one week of fame <laughs> <laughs> right all right so the next album comes out in 1973 it's the first of two albums in 73 yeah which that's always crazy to me too yeah i've said this all so many times tapestry came out like in january 72 and then her next album came out in december of 72 what what yeah no it's not Tapestry's not done. People were not done, like, you know. No, enjoying Tapestry. Exactly, exactly. That sounds like a a rush job to me. Uh, (laughs) Now, they went all out with the title of this album, Mm -hmm. ELO 2. 2, yeah. So, the band is Electric Light Orchestra, but then they went with ELO 2. Yes. All right, what do you got for us? So, Roy Wood bails um, to go form a group called Wizard, with two Zs. Yep. after the first two tracks for this album recorded, and he actually took some of the band members with him, which I, I 
don't know which ones, but not the key ones, let's put it that way. This one also has two different album covers, one for the U.S. and Canada and one for the rest of the world, basically. And, and I, neither one's really that no, great. No, no. Both are kind of bad. No. Um, and I think, well, it, I mean, it uh, goes without saying, this album has five tracks on it, so this is probably their most prog-rocky al- uh, album of all. Yes. Yeah. And this track is seven minutes long. Yeah. And it's called Mama. Yes. Not to be confused with Genesis's. Uh, 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 hey. <laughs> and it's called Mama in the U.S. M A M A. It's called Mama M O M M A. Everywhere else. So there you go. Like what? What? <laughs> what record executive is like? Look, that's not going to fly in the U.S. That's not how you spell Mama. It's got to be M A M A. Yeah. You know what? Let's call it Mima. Yeah. Exactly. Here we go. Mama. <laughs> Come on, Pat. Play it. Come on. smile for everyone She left her blue horizon just to find another home A lonely girl who traveled many days A lonely heart that could not find the way She said, Mama It's a hard life now you're gone Mama so hard to carry on And I feel I'm a fool who lost it all He used to make it all so I like it. Yeah, it's good. So I, you'll, you'll find that I tend to gravitate toward the ballads a lot. Um, I, at, w- at one point in my life, I put together, this is like 20 years ago, my top 100 songs of all time in order from least favorite to favorite and then realized that's not enough numbers so I needed to do 150 (laughs) and I wrote a book that went with it explaining what each song meant to me and I gave it out as Christmas gifts and a few people were very appreciative and I think my sister said to me (laughs) you're weird (laughs) anyway um and it it was very ballad is your sister joyless is that's why is that why she said that no I think it's because I it was a lot of ballads a lot of sappy (laughs) songs Okay, so you actually have a definitive number one song of all time. I do. What is it? You know what? I've been thinking, do I need to revise this? But my favorite song of all time and what got me thinking about, wow, I wonder what my number two is and I wonder what my mm-hmm. three is. So my favorite song of all time is Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Okay. Because to me, it's the perfect song. It's epic. It's sweeping. It has a story. It's um, important. Um, it's a ballad. <laughs> it's an all digital recording. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then it, it sort of mushroomed from there. And I was just thinking, so picking the songs was easy. Putting them in order was really hard. Oh, putting them in order is terrible. Yeah. We, and, uh, look, I recorded a podcast, uh, earlier in the week and the guy that was here, Jeff Holmes, we, we did a video just putting like, uh, 16 Aerosmith albums in order yeah. and that that was difficult so yeah. it's songs I don't even know how you do it yeah uh, now I also picked Mama mm-hmm. and but I'll play my other pick now and yeah. I picked the song that's the hit yeah of course it's their version of Roll Over Beethoven yeah and it's great yeah it's great and it's also seven minutes <laughs>
pick my favorite song, I would have to go through every band I like and pick my favorite song by that band first. Right. And then make that master list and then start rearranging them. Oh my it, it, God. it also, I, I, I think I recognize. Uh, Danny, I you're weird. It. I am. That's been confirmed now <laughs> twice. Um, I, um, that list changed. I think I sat on it for six months to mm-hmm. keep changing it. And then even now when I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, these are still my favorite songs, but there were, there were some that have come out in the, in the you know, recent years that I would take their place. Oh, the other rule was it had to be a song that was older than two years. Because okay. then you know it's going to be part of your, you know, a, a favorite for a long time. I didn't want some flash in the pan song. And as a 58-year-old gentleman, mm-hmm. just like me, mm-hmm. how are you finding new music? Because your son isn't of an age yet where he's finding his own music. Not yet. But, uh, and Rita and, and Ezra do, and they find tons of songs through, uh, through TikTok mm-hmm. and social media and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so how do you find new music and embrace new music and welcome it into your heart and soul and lists. It's actually, I became my mom. So my mom would go to the, we, we were poor growing up. We mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of money. Mom was raising three kids on her own, did a great job, but there was always money for music. And so every Friday when she got paid, we go to Diorcy's record store mm-hmm. in Brunswick, Maine, and she would pick up a couple albums. Okay. And I'd ask her, why'd you buy that? And she goes, I like the cover. Or nice. I don't know, I like this guy's name or she, for no reason. Humperdink. It has yeah. a ring to it. <laughs> that guy's going to go somewhere. <laughs> and um, so I've kind of done the same, but more than anything, I, I moderate a bunch of vinyl groups on Facebook and uh, I, I have a strong presence on Instagram with vinyl and just recommendations from people. And right. I've found more great music in the last couple of years just through Facebook and Instagram than I have for decades before that. All right. That's cool. And yeah. at the end of the show, you give out all those yeah. where we can, everyone can find you because vinyl is the thing. Everyone is, loves talking about it, loves taking pictures of it, loves posting it. All the rage. All the rage is what I'm going to say. <laughs> the kids. It's, the, it's the cat's pajamas. <laughs> 23 yeah. skidoo. Yeah. Uh, I had another question for you. Okay. New vinyl, something brand new just came out. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you have a price point that's too much? Um, uh, n- no. <laughs> okay. Like for me, like for a single disc right. vinyl album, right. like I think any more than twenty two ninety nine right. is is a is a big ask right. for me. So if the studios took the time to create a new master or a separate master mm-hmm. for the vinyl specifically, because yeah. you can't take a CD master and put it on vinyl, it'll sound like it'll sound like shit. Yeah. So if they've gone through and gone to the original analog tapes and cleaned them up and done this and done that, I'll pay a lot more if you know. And if they've mm-hmm. tried to reproduce the artwork properly, or you know, so that's really it has to do with um, there's there's several vinyl labels like Mobile Fidelity being the big one. Yeah, that's their whole marketing strategy is they you know they charge a hundred and twenty five dollars for these albums called One Steps. And I'll, is that the company that's releasing the Van Halen yeah, album soon? They are for one hundred and twenty five dollars a pop. And are you getting any of those data? I I, <laughs> I have um um. All the mobile fidelity one steps, and I think we're up to about twenty something of them. 
My first one mm-hmm. is uh, Santana Abraxas. Okay. That came out for $100. It now sells for $2,500 to $3,000. Now, see, that's the thing. And I have CDs like that, too, that are worth... Oh, yeah. So it's an investment. I mean, that's how you can... I, I didn't even say the word investment. I don't no. know what word I said. <laughs> but you can... That's how you can trick your wife into... Nope. Honey, this one will be... Nope. She. I'll tell her that and she'll say, are you going to sell it? And I said, no. And she goes, well, then it, I don't want to hear about it. It's not worth anything. But you say, but if something <laughs> happens to me, you can sell it. If something happens to me she's got a couple phone numbers of people to call who are going to come over and just take it all away i told people i go look if something happens to me just talk to kyle he'll know what to do with all this stuff yeah yeah um oh, what was that? so you've pre-ordered those van halen ones. they're not out yet right no and i think maybe two of them will come out by the end of the year but oh mobile fidelity announced something like 15 um mm-hmm. uh, of those one steps and they trickle out maybe one every two months so with 15 or 20 still on order which i have them all on back order or pre-order, um, some of them aren't going to come out for three or four years. Do you get anything additional other than like no. the sleeve and the album? No, you get it in a box. You get it in a box. It's 45 RPM, so you're, you're flipping the disc every, you know, two or three oh, songs, I'm which, not, you know, not. but... So how many discs is it? Two. Oh, They're all two. And that, Why does that bother me so much? I don't want to put on Peter Gabriel's show right. and flip <clears throat> it after two songs. Right. I just... Right, I get that. That's not the album listening experience that I remember as a kid. Right. And I completely understand that. And but to me, it's like if this is the pinnacle of how well this album will mm-hmm. ever sound, um, then I'm, I, I'll I'll make that sacrifice because I don't I don't mind it at all. Yeah. And and for the most part, most of their albums, like Santana Braxis, is is mind blowing. We've all heard it. We've all you know. But I promise you, if you come to my music room, I put it on, <laughs> you will say, "Oh my God, I that does sound amazing." But is it only going to sound amazing if I listen to it on your super duper? And, <laughs> high tech system if mm-hmm. i just play it on what i have right um you turn i think you, yeah i think you would hear a difference and i have the i have the speakers yeah. that go with uh the u-turn they plug right in and then i yeah. turn on the pre you know but preamp yeah. but um you, you you'd hear a difference but i don't think you go well that was worth 125 dollars okay. yeah so um What's the one that, it wasn't a one-step, but they just released this week, um, uh, Alan Parsons' project, Eye in the Sky. Okay. And man, they jacked up the bass on that. But I get why they did it. But um, it sounds remarkable. I mean, right. it's, yeah. So I, yeah, it, I, I, I cringe, but I'm, we have a, a, a no-criticizing policy on the groups that I, I moderate, where they'll be playing a very expensive audio uh-huh. file pressing on a crosley uh turntable or something you know <laughs> something that's actually ruining the record and right. you know we very you know great that's wonderful and sometimes we'll private message them and say you know don't play it on that no or you know go to the dollar bins at your favorite record store and buy up those records and play those because that's you know that's all that's, that's what all you need that's all you need now let me ask this this hundred dollar version of a braxis mm-hmm. if you had an original pressing mm-hmm. of a braxis that mm-hmm. came out when the album was first released, Mm -hmm. would that sound better than this $100? That's a great question. And I I think some people would say no, and some people would say yes. So there's two rules of thumb. Mm these analog tapes that they used back then are de- deteriorating. They're degrading. So right. a lot of times in order to redo them, for, master them for um, vinyl, like with the Queen box, set, yes. they had to make them all digital because that was the only way to fix things that have happened with the tape. Okay. Um, so there are two rules. So the problem is like when Abraxas came out, the quality of vinyl then wasn't the greatest. So 
people would argue the mastering techniques have gotten better. Mm -hmm. Their vinyl formulation they use is pretty remarkable. So I'm going to say, yes, it sounds better now. (laughs) Because I don't have an original pressing. Here we go. Now, look, I wasn't setting you up no. just to play that. That was a legit question. Yeah. My other question is, and then we'll play music. We will fucking play music. Uh, can I believe the stickers that are on the vinyl album that say, from the original tapes and blah, blah, blah. What What can I believe? No, no. So from the original master tapes could mean anything. It could okay. be, yes, they started with the original master tapes, but they were digitized and then, you know, done this, done that. Mm-hmm. And then, so there is no true rhyme or reason or, or way to figure out, am I getting the best possible source material for this album? And so Discogs is a great place to re- do some research and the, you know, sticking with companies like Analog Productions and Mobile Fidelity, they you will use the original analog tapes or if they don't, they disclose it. Because I've seen some, uh, some, you know, rec- like the, the police box set, which came out, mm-hmm. and that says it's from the original master tapes. But I thought the master mm-hmm. tapes burnt up in the Universal Fire. Those were all, so anything that Miles does mm-hmm. at Abbey Road, those has to be masters, which I love. He's mm-hmm. got the Roxy Music's, the, um, he's done a ton of stuff. Yes. Um, they are all digital. He works only with digital. So, but they do high resolution digital. So they're not taking a CD file and transferring it to okay. an album. They're taking a high res file. That's how mo- almost all albums are recorded nowadays. That's how they're mixed nowadays. So, um, I, I, I'm not a digital snob or analog okay. snob. I don't. It's about the music. So okay. whatever is the best way to hear the music, that's all I care about. And what about? I just <clears throat> bought this album yesterday and posted about it, and then you just posted about it. The brand mm-hmm. new Who It's, it's hard. hard. Yep. Now is that from the analog tapes, or is that? Analog tapes that have been digitized. Okay. At high res, and then Miles does his half-speed mastering. I thought it sounded pretty great. I think it sounds great, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love colored vinyl. Yeah. I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. My, it, was, it was a perfect price point for me, because it was thirty eight ninety nine. Yeah. so I split that in half. What yeah. is it, 19? It's yeah. perfect, because yeah. there's two albums, so yeah. I'm okay with that. What did you think of the Eminence Front with uh, Roger on lead? Well, that, I, I've heard that before. I think it was on the CD when oh, it came okay. out. okay. I think. I think that was one of the bonus tracks. I love it. Yeah. But I mean, the, the Pete is iconic. Yes. But it's, but I like that when, oh, yeah. let me hear what Roger saying yeah. sounded like on that. So, yeah. All right. I don't even know where we're at. We're my, on ELOT. My, 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 my second song. Okay. And it's, this will be the last one because yeah. I yeah. only, one was a crossover. Okay. So this is 11 minutes long. It's mm-hmm. the longest song ELO has ever recorded. Um, it's an anti-war song. And Je- Jeff's not really known for his political, you know, uh, statements, things like that. But it's, um, um, it's if you listen to the words, it's pretty powerful. It's about a soldier and he's talking to an orphan who then during his conversation comes to the realization that, um, and here's a spoiler alert, he was the person who killed this orphan's parents or family. So it's, it's pretty devastating. But the song is called Quiama. But in America, it was Kuyama Mama. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, here we go. Kuyama.
again. If Abraxas was released yet again, would you buy it again? Oh, God. <laughs> um, maybe if it was like a, it's called, so uh, those of us in vinyl have something called FOMO, mm-hmm. fear of missing out. So if it's a limited edition, colored vinyl, <laughs> blah, 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 fill in the blank, bonus track this. Yeah, we, you know. Carlos I, Santana approved. I bought the um, Madman, uh, the latest um, Elton John box set. Okay. Madman Across the Water. Yeah, with um, the original album, which I already have, mm-hmm. remastered beautifully, digital, but beautiful, and a two LP set of bonus tracks and a fourth album of live recordings. Okay. Got the box set. And then a company called Vinyl Me Please, which I, um, it's a, a subscription-based service for just for vinyl records, mm-hmm. released an exclusive pressing on blue jean baby colored vinyl. You bastards. Only made 2,500 of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I had to buy it. <laughs> and now Walmart has a pressing as well. That's like a blue and white pinwheel, but so far I've resisted. Yeah, I, uh, Walmart dropped those uh, Billy Joel albums. On have them all. Vinyl, and I said, I had to get them because I'm just, I'm realizing how much I enjoy Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. I think I enjoy them even more now than I did. And I loved them then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Uh, yes, sir. That album went to number 35 in the UK and 62 in the US. It's not bad. No. For an album that no one's ever listening to. Yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, the next album on the third day. Get it? Third album. Yeah, I do. I do. They could have called it ELO3, but they didn't. Yeah. No, they wanted to be witty. We're getting closer to the ELO sound. There's even like some songs that are on their greatest hits from this album. Yeah. So what do you got for us? And they, they actually went into the studio two weeks after ELO2 dropped. So there was no break. They were wow. a ton of touring and a ton of recording. Um, and basically... I I think this album was recorded in two separate sessions. So side one was months before side two was recorded. Mm-hmm. And if you listen, if you're an audiophile, you listen closely and you can kind of hear that side one doesn't sound as good as side two. But my first song. But since you listen to side one as uh, as uh, what do I want to say as a as a single side, mm-hmm. you would have to be a, an audiophile to to get the difference between the two sides. Sure. Like if they mix tracks from side one and two, maybe. You'd, you could differentiate because you're like, oh, that one doesn't sound as good as the last one did. But okay, go ahead. I digress. No worries. Uh, first song is um, Bluebird is Dead. And I, I think it's just a great pop tune, although this is going to be the first time that Jeff actually rips himself off later. And if you're familiar with the song Don't Walk Away, which we'll hear later from Xanadu, mm-hmm. it's this is that song. All right, here we go. Bluebird is Dead.
I'm actually glad Danielle didn't sit in and listen because I think you're more free with your uh, vinyl talk. <laughs> okay. You're not self-conscious about it. Except she'll eventually listen and go, what? <laughs> she found out, oh, from the last podcast, she found out, oh, so I understand you're willing to pay $1,000 for that orange <laughs> vinyl pressing of ELS out of the blue. Um, yeah. <laughs> Has that come around yet? Have you found it? No. There are only one known to be in existence. Oh, one or okay. two. Yeah. There, there are, they've come up on eBay every now and then where like uh, colored vinyl pressings of albums, like maybe just one offs that people did, but they just go for ridiculous amounts of money. Just, yeah. It's just bragging rights at that point. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And then if it's just on your shelf and no one knows. Right. Um, now the shelf where I have the vinyl over here, you have these cube type shelves too. You just have a, a gazillion of them. Mm -hmm. How many, how tight do you keep the vinyl in there? How, how do I know how many exactly how many should go on the shelf if they're just let's say they're all just single disc yeah. albums there's so i why bother cleaning a record the way i do it if you're just going to stick it back in its original inner sleeve so i use new inner sleeves okay and but i keep i keep the original sleeves as well so that makes the record a little thicker okay and then they all go in outer sleeves these are thick plastic outer sleeves yeah, yeah, that yeah. i use that's a lot of sleeving so it is and so um <clears throat> i get about a th maybe 25% fewer records per shelf than i do okay and i also don't pack them in tight because when you throw out a percentage yeah. like that it makes me crack up and <laughs> outwardly i'm cracking up yeah. i get about 25% less uh, albums on a shelf than other people. Because pe people fight me. They're, you should be able to get 75 albums. No, I get about 50 or I get about 45 right, or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I interrupted your flow. No, no, no. I, that's it. So it's, it's you know, it, it, and I like to not pack them in tight because... Yeah. It's hard to get it out then. It is. And then I when I'm adding one record in, I don't want to have to... So I, I basically every three and a half shelves, mm -hmm. I leave a few inches of space for growth. Okay. And so, yeah. And then more, every six months, I rearrange the whole music room. If you've just joined us, when you hear Pack Them In Tight, we're talking about albums on a shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. dirty. No. And by the way, if you've just joined us, I don't know how you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Because that's not how it works. All right. My first song from on the third day. It's a hit. It's Showdown. Because I love it. Great song. what that stringed instrument is but i love when the when the is it called a bow mm -hmm. goes across the strings and oh, then yeah. and then there's the pluck yeah i love how that sounds yeah especially in the headphones that um n not that jeff rips himself off or rips off everybody but that song actually has two um borrows if you will so that kind of the backbeat of the main part of the song is mm -hmm. if you listen to it back to back it's i heard it through the grapevine by marvin gay ah. and the chorus of showdown is 100 lightning strikes again by lou christie a hundred percent how come you didn't get busted for that I th it's I an homage yeah i don't i don't think people were that sue happy back then or i don't know what it was but um and i love the fact that that song was used in those michelob ultra commercials for the <laughs> i mean they're hysterical i can't even imagine jeff lynn having a beer he doesn't seem like a beer guy he's not no it's yeah no not not at all definitely not a michelob light no uh, you also picked Showdown. I, I just did. noticed that now. So yep. we'll go with my next choice, and then we will that'll close out on the third day. And again, 
I don't know. I don't know if this charted, but Ma 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 Bell. I don't know if it charted. I think it was a hit. It's one of their greatest hits, I yeah, believe. Yeah, it is. All right, here we go. Just the mixing of the strings with the electric guitars. So great. It's a fun one in, in concert when he performs that. Yeah, that's a good tune. Yeah. Uh, El Dorado is next from nope. 1974. What? On the third day, 52 in the US, and it's going to start a string of three albums that do not chart in the UK. So On the Third Day doesn't chart in the UK. Wow. And neither does El Dorado. And what? neither does Face the Music. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. All right. El Dorado. Let me ask about this album cover. It's mm-hmm. a picture of Dorothy's... Mm-hmm. Red shoes mm-hmm. with the witch trying to grab them and the like the electric shock coming off of them. Mm-hmm. How did they get the rights to use that image? Seems like that would be pricey. I don't I don't think it was back then. And I there wasn't their original intent for the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't I, it's it's probably my least favorite no, it's one of my least favorite ELO covers, but it's kind of iconic. Yeah, because what does um what does El Dorado mean and how does it relate to that image? So the whole album is basically um it's their first concept album. Okay. So to me, this is the first definitive ELO album. This is when ELO becomes um, a, a true group, or this is you know this is their first true top to bottom great album. All right. And I didn't like it the first time I heard it. Like I sort of got into involved in ELO in the Out of the Blue and the New World Record, and then worked my way backwards. And um, El Dorado was. It took me a while to warm up to it, and now I think it's a masterpiece. But it's basically, it, it's telling the story of a man who's basically unable to face reality and creating this fantasy world for him. And so each of the songs is a, a basically different fantasy. So I guess the argument was, you know, Wizard of Oz is a dream. The whole thing was a dream. So gotcha. there you go. All right, cool. So your first song is also a song I picked. Yeah. So and this is, this is ELO proper because this is now they have money. They got some, mm-hmm. they had some hits, they had some budget. So yeah. now they get an orchestra. So they have a 30 piece orchestra and a 20 piece choir. They hire Lewis Clark to basically co-write the orchestral arrangements with Jeff and Richard Tandy, the keyboard player. And um, this is the ELO sound. This is Can't Get It Out of My Head. Here we go.
Did you enjoy the Velvet Revolver version when they did it? I did. Yeah, I did. I'll play just a tad of it for people. That Real quick, that um, that song. Yeah. Jeff wrote it in a response to his dad accusing him of. He said the quote was, "The problem with your tunes is they have no bloody tune." Wow. And so he wrote a tune that had a tune. <laughs> Weren't dads great back then? I know, right? And Such his, great and dads. And his dad approved. Because oh, he, he bought him a Rolls Royce. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, here's a little of Velvet uh, Revolver. The ocean's We just took a little. Uh, That's good. I like it. Off a little bit. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's uh, you wouldn't expect a band like that to cover an ELO song. You yeah. know, there's no strings on their versions. By the way, going back to nerd talk for a second, El Dorado is coming out as a Mobile Fidelity One Step for 125 dollars. Yes, it's on order. But prior to that, they released it as a SACD, and I have a copy coming for you. Um, what? It, and it's for you. Well, if you like it, um, I also they brought it out on super vinyl which is 33 and a third, but it's, um, and it sounds so much better than any pressing I've ever heard. Any CD, any, I have it on high res file. It is remarkable what they're able to uh, get well, out of that. I can't, thank yeah. you in advance. <clears throat> yeah. I can't wait to hear it. And then, and then you're, you don't have to give me gifts anymore. Okay. No more <laughs> gifts. I love gifts. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate them. Sure. But I, I don't want you to feel like every oh, time no. you come and sit in, in front of this mic, you need to give me a gift. I don't. All right. But you're you're a generous person. I try to be. You're a nice person. I don't have a sting for these guys are nice. Yeah. It's just nerd talk. Nerd talk. <laughs> uh, okay, we shared that song, so do you want to go or do I want to go with my with the other choice? You go. All right. I love this song and I can't wait to hear it on my brand new SACD. Wait, do you even have ability to play an SACD? Oh no, it's a dual layer, so it'll play Yeah, it'll play in anything. Yeah. Uh it's not a gift if I have to buy new equipment to hear it. Nope. <laughs> Here's something you'll, you'll need to get your stereo souped up a little bit. Yeah. I don't hear a difference, Dana. Mm, we got to work on that. <laughs> I've always loved this song. This is Boy Blue. Oh, yeah. Just so good. Yeah, I really do like that one. All right, we're going to close out El Dorado. What do you got for us? Opens up side two of the album for us final people, and um, it's uh, his remake of The Beatles Across the Universe. 
again, um, it's a little reminiscent of it, but it's uh, Mr. Kingdom. And I really you, like it. You think when he worked with the Beatles, any of them ever said, hey, you know, some of these songs. There's some uh, audio, uh, I think audio footage or audio recordings of John Lennon, because he was a huge ELO fan, uh-huh. talking about, like when he was talking about, he loved the song Showdown and uh-huh. specifically mentioned the fact that it ripped off Marvin Gaye and not ripped off, sorry, influenced by. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, uh, Jeff didn't work with John, but he worked with all the other Beatles. Yep. And he and when when they got back together for the anthology album, yep. he pieced together the John Lennon stuff in with the new yep. recording. Yeah, cool. Yep. All right, Jeff Lynne, he's genius. Mr. Kingdom. Daylight comes to those who live, but those who die, they never see. The sun comes shining through their window pane. They pass away. good one we're getting into the sweet spot of elo and and that album made it all the way to number 16 in the u.s look at that uh coming up now this one this face the music might be in my top three elo albums Mm -hmm. what are your do you after out of the blue which is your number one what's in your two spot el dorado i have them all ranked (laughs) you want to save it for the end uh, I brought it up, so I don't want to forget okay. that I that I that I ask about it. That's the problem. But I will say before you read those. Nerd talk. You guys are nerds. That might be the best sixteen seconds in recorded history. So good. Uh, okay, let's hear it. You, now, do you go? From bottom to top? Or whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's a, okay. Come, well, I'll start in the top. Coming yeah, in, go with the top. Number one, Out of the Blue. All right. Number two, A New World, New World Record. Which is my number one. Number three, El Dorado. All right. Number four, Time. Hmm. Number five, Face the Music. That's good. Number six, Secret Messages. Number seven, Discovery. Number eight, Half of Xanadu. All right. Uh, number nine, Zoom. I can't wait to talk about Zoom. Interesting. Num- number 10, Balance of Power. And then wrapping out the bottom three and backwards are on the third day, ELO2 and No Answer. Of course. Yeah. No one's going <laughs> to argue with those bottom three. No. <laughs> no, and- actually, there are people who love, love those albums. Well, you know what I say about those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are nerds. All right. <laughs> Face the Music, which is your number five. Mm-hmm. It's great. It is. I love it. I love the album cover too. And it's the first album to feature, I call it the definitive yellow lineup. So Kelly Roquette joins the band on bass. And it's also the, f- the start of the next six albums are all recorded in Germany at Musicland Studios in, Mus- in Munich. All right. And they hire an engineer 
uh, Reinhold Mack, but he just goes by Mack. And we know him because he always worked with Queen and Billy Squire and lots of other people. And he is instrumental in kind of honing Jeff's dream and the ELO sound. And I think he even went on tour once to help him with uh, getting the sound right in concert. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And so... um, Reinhold Mack. Yeah. And this album actually came out two months earlier in the U.S. than it did the U.K., made it all the way to number eight in the U.S. and didn't chart in the U.K. I don't know what's going on with those British, man. I know. They they were turning their nose up at I guess. ELO. Yeah. What's your first tune? First tune is a song that opens the album. Um, uh, my story about this song is um, I've always loved it, particularly when it um, gets into the acoustic guitar part, but uh, there was a, a ride in... Um, I was at a carnival and there was a ride. It was a merry mixer. If you remember what those are, they're like little spiders and they have each has four cars and you, it just basically spins you in a circle while the whole thing spins around. Oh my God, I'm throwing up just thinking about oh, it. Oh, it, I, I was, I hated those types of rides. I did yeah, not like too. to be spun around. Don't like it. But it was all indoors in a dome and they would project outer space stuff, like stars and stuff. And they were playing this song Amazing. and I kept going on it till I literally was about to throw up. Because so. you love the song so much. You were willing to make yourself sick to hear ELO. Because, yeah, you don't hear this song. I mean, classic no. rock radio would play this song every now and then, but uh, the song is um, Fire on High. All right, here we go. Does sound really great. Sounds great on the headphones. Yeah. And that's is it Bev Bevan? Is it that is. how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that his is Bev his real name? I don't know. Because that's that'd be like naming your kid John Johnson. Yeah. That's I, not good. I, I maybe I don't know. I should Bev know. Bevan. I think I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's a really nice guy. Really? Yeah. Hmm. He's very approachable. Have you met any member from ELO in person? No. All right. No. And you know I've met. Shut up. <laughs> Not only do I know, I've seen the pictures. You had to brag about it the second it happened. I, I'm, I mean, I, that's like a, I mean, you have to brag about that. Like do. it was unbelievable. And then he was just so nice. Like yeah. he wasn't even, he didn't even flinch. He was like, oh yeah. 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 Look, and if you don't know this, I'm going to tell you this. You know it, but sometimes there's new listeners. Then they haven't listened to over 600 episodes, so that's who this story's for. Um, and I have a sting about when I tell stories over, but I'm not going to look for it right now because then it's going to stop the flow of my story. But um, after I got my picture taken with Jeff, I, I had my hand on his shoulder and I said, uh, "I said Jeff, you're the best." And he said, "Oh, I don't know about that." <laughs> and I thought that was, of course, the genius is humble, also. Yeah. He didn't even say thank you. He just go. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he's he's worked with some of the best, so it's, yeah. it's, I like that. I like. I, I want to hope he's a nice guy, and yeah. one day I hope to meet him. You will, <clears throat> because he's 
he's also staying up here with Christy Stratton. <laughs> Dana, surprise. <laughs> I was going to wait till the end of the podcast. God, I, I wish I could make things like that happen. That would be unbelievable. Would you fall off your chair if Jeff Lynn like knocked at the door? Um, yeah, at the very least. And then you'd be like, I don't have anything for him to sign. I'd find I'd, something. I'd quick. give you something. Yeah. All right. My first track from Face the Music 1975 is Knight Rider. That's ah, a great song. It's also the theme of that uh, Hasselhoff show, right? Nope. No? <laughs> I think it is. When uh, ELO records, do you think their setup's as elaborate as my setup over here? Oh, it, no. Again, no, I'm engineering no. this whole thing. Oh, yeah, There's, live. This, I, no. uh, host, producer, I engineer it. No. They do all of it. They're just winging it. <laughs> I love the fact that there's still, like that song, there's still songs on every ELO album that harken back to their earlier stuff. Yeah. It's, it's great. And that's one of those for sure. Yep. All right. Your next, we actually, we're going to actually play four from this album. Wow. For sure. And I think... Moving on, I think we got four from everyone. So. I, I tried to stay away from the hits whenever possible, mm. but every now and then I, 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 you have to. Yeah, but. sometimes they're so undeniable yeah. you can't do it. You yeah. can't get away from it. All right, your next song. From- next song is the a song that closes the album. It's One Summer Dream, and it's a ballad, but it's actually a, a, a protest song. Again, Jeff not really known for it. It's kind mm. of subtle, but what I love about this song is even though it's a beautiful ballad, Bev is still wailing on the drums. It's incredible. And uh, what are they protesting here? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Some dreaming summers. inside. <laughs> so weird Bev Bevan played with uh, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, yeah. So str- yeah. It doesn't seem, I'm burping, it doesn't seem like the same person. I, I, I remember seeing a, a video on MTV, an early one of them live, and he's on the drums, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Did he have like a metal hair? Was his hair long? No, he just looked like nope, Bev Bevan. Just looked like Bev Bevan. Had an ELO <laughs> shirt on. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other song from Face the Music is Down Home Tra- Down Home Town, not mm. Train. The world outside don't like us much Cause they ain't got a classy touch But they ain't good enough to breathe Jeff leaning into some country This town's good here, we may come believe But it's not, not, not Really can't do that
I'm glad you picked that song. It's a fun one. Yeah, I, I, this song, album only has eight songs, I believe. Yep. Yeah, and I love every single, I love this, as Murray would say, T to B, top yep. to bottom. It's not my favorite, but it's in, it's in, it's up there, top three, top four, definitely. Uh, okay, moving on to my favorite, and you're number two. Yep. A New World Record. Yep. I remember I got this from the Columbia Record and Tape Club, and the hit at the time was Telephone Line. Yep. And I just loved I love the album cover and I love the logo. Like this, this is when we first get yep. that logo and that. What is that supposed to be like on a on a, a juke, Wurlitzer? Yeah, a Wurlitzer. A ju- was that a jukebox? jukebox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I just I just love it. Whoever designed that, maybe you know. I do, but I don't off the top of my off head. Off top of my head, yeah. off the top of your head, you yeah. don't know. Yeah, I just love it. And um, yeah, I just love this. It's album. also this is the first album where finally the UK caught up to the US and. Part of what happened was... You mean on the charts? On or? the charts. Okay. So this was number five in the US, number six in the UK. But how that happened is um, somebody very smart uh, over at Jet Records or, or whoever took uh, basically their previous three albums on the third day, El Dorado and Face the Music, and put them in a box set okay. and re-released it. And that box set actually charted at number 30, up to number 38. Wow, so, smart. Yeah. So suddenly now there's, you know... There's, there's some heat on ELO. Yeah, so then this album comes out, and I, I do think this is a perfect ELO album. It's, I mean, it really is. And uh, and your first song kicks off the album. And here's the funny thing it's about this so song. so great. I, I love the song. It's one of the, to me, it's my favorite opening song of any ELO album. Driving to see them at the Hollywood Bowl with my wife, mm-hmm. uh, opening night, Friday, orchestra, fireworks, the whole thing. This song I listen to, so I like to listen to bands that I'm going to go see in concert because mm-hmm. I'm stupid because I don't know why. And I'm, it gets you psyched. I, it does. And I'm listening to, and this song comes up and I'm like. It's mm-hmm. better than snorting cocaine before the show. Oh, I did that too. Oh, okay. Cool. No, I didn't. Thank um, God. We did it. We did before this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> we had, we had 11, we had 11 ELO CDs we, and we just yeah, had coke all over them. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be talking way faster. <laughs> We'd be done with the show. Um, the, I, this song came up and I'm like. This is the perfect song to open a concert with. They'll never do it, and they did. Oh, it was it was excellent. It was amazing. So yeah, tightrope. Tightrope. And it's got a real it's got a real long intro before yep. we get to this part. But yep. for for cueing purposes. the needle on this album the, the only thing i knew was telephone line from the radio mm. wfbg am radio from altoona pa and i wasn't used to hearing such a long just instrumental intro like that so i'm sure at the time i was like oh, i don't know about this what's this this is a, never heard this band before and then as soon as the song kicks into where we queued it up yeah 
I was all in. I'm like, well, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I mean, I was just listening to, you know, Love Gun. No, you know, so. Jeff was a big fan of having big openings to all of his, well, not all of his albums, but these three, Eldorado, Face the Music, and A New World Record, all have just great openings. Yeah. This album, it's hard for me to even pick like a favorite song off this album. Yeah. Yeah. But this is one that I've always really loved, and it is Rock Aria. Mm hmm. this part with all the composers yeah and they have the the piano you know fingers across the piano i mean it's just it's just perfectly crafted uh dana do you play an instrument nope you don't nope neither do i i'd love to i actually i have a guitar lessons and yeah. yeah i just can't carry a piano around with you yeah i got a guitar 18 years ago when i was 40 still have it I'm going to leave my seat for a second because the air conditioner kicked on and we can hear it. So I'm going to turn it off. You're, are you warm? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I'm going yeah. to go turn the air off. So you just have to talk. You can introduce your next song. All right. Well, I'm not editing. Yeah, yeah. My next song, uh, I've actually got two stories for it. I try to pick the lesser known songs off of the albums, but this is so iconic. This to me is the perfect ELO single. It's a living thing. Jeff was known to not be a fan of violence or sex in movies. He was very offended. Hmm. And what about in the tour bus? Uh, that was a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> and and so when uh, they wanted to use it for the ending of Boogie Nights, they were very apprehensive. But they showed him the scene, and he sat there, and the big reveal, mm -hmm. and he thought it was the greatest thing ever, and gave him permission right on. Wow, the spot. unbelievable! Yeah. So it gives new meaning to the song "Living Thing." Yeah, I forgot that it was uh, that it was even in that movie. Now you've yeah. ruined the song for me. I know, because now I can only see one thing tainted. Marky's Mark. <laughs> Here we go, Living Thing. <laughs> Jet Records, prior to the release of the album and, and the single, they sent out a um, 12-inch blue vinyl pressing of this song spread over the entire side. And it's still the best-sounding version of this song I've ever heard. It's amazing. 
Nerd Talk. <laughs> I was already queuing it as you were telling that story. Nerd Talk. <laughs> you guys are nerds. It's so funny when Kyle would be here and he would be producing right. and running the board. I would have to like give signals like, you know, play the get the nerd talk thing and do it. Uh, okay, where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, this album also features, uh, I almost picked it, but I didn't, even though I love it. They have, they did their own version of the moves, Do Ya, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Could have picked it, but I decided I would go with So Fine, because I love So Fine. Mm-hmm. I love every song in the album. on this one all right great strap dana down because Uh the next album (laughs) is one that he's uh familiar with talking about bored your listeners to death already now when when you play uh, music uh when your son's because your your music room is amazing thanks it's like separate from the house yes and that's your man cave if you like that word or not but it's just it just looks so like anyone i think that you've ever taken in that room must be like this is incredible and then you can work out there and your son does his legos out there yeah which by the way we've talked about this how lego hasn't made the elo spaceship or the boston guitar spaceship is beyond me because I would buy those. So you saw, I took it upon myself to create the ELO logo. I did see that you did that. Yeah. And how difficult was it? Because you have to be, you have to kind of be like an architect or an engineer to do that. There's actually a program. You can take any photograph, you can scan it, and then it will actually, and then you have to tell it what size you want it. Uh And it will tell you exactly how many dots that you need. Okay. There are a lot of dots that, um, they're question marks because it's where two colors kind of meet. So okay. you have to decide, okay, is this going to be red or blue? Um, so it takes a lot of work. And then you you can't just buy the parts brand new. So you have to buy them from third-party sellers. Wow. So my 30-inch by 30-inch ELO logo made out of Lego dots is the third most expensive Lego ever made. <laughs> I added it up, and it it ain't cheap. <laughs> so... Uh, and, and you have to do this on a, on what do they call the board? A pegboard? What is no, no, the board? no. So there's, they actually make these little squares. Okay. And I think it's, um, oh man, I used to know all the math, but um, you basically, each individual square is roughly five inches by five inches. Okay. And so you basically fill out those, those pegs and you stick them together and yeah. then you build a frame around it to make it stay oh in one God. piece. And then you, there's a little mounting thing for it. And it's how, amazing. How long did this take? Um, I was doing a, like three and I, it, it probably took a week, week and a half. Did your son help you with that? Or was that daddy's no, project? This was, he helped me a little bit, but you know, daddy had to supervise. Don't touch daddy's no, toys. No mistakes. Now, what if I scanned a picture, uh, from the final scene of Boogie Nights and could we do a <laughs> Lego thing of that? You could. That would be really expensive though. That'd probably be a be, lot of Legos. Yeah. You're going to need more Legos. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. All right. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. 
when did you discover this album? Did you discover it when it came out or mm-hmm. years later? No, I discovered it when it came out okay. because of the spaceship. It was the cover. Yeah, it's this amazing. was the album that I was into sci-fi. I was a nerd. Um, I, it, it just, oh, I don't even care what this is. I have to have this record. Right. It's got a spaceship on the cover and fell in love with it. Fell in love with everything about it. The packaging, the gatefold, there was a poster inside. There was a, um, even beyond the music. It was, it, it was all, it's just an amazing album. Like most double albums, it does have a few songs that, um, you know, are padding, if you will. Yeah. But I still, it's, it's not my favorite album when it comes to individual songs, but as an album, as a complete album, as a listening experience, it is my favorite album. Not just my favorite ELO album. It's my favorite, favorite album. Favorite album. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Who, name the company again that does the super $100 Abraxas. Mobile Fidelity. Okay. Mobile Fidelity hasn't uh, tackled out of the blue. No. Are you able to write to them and like suggest or request that maybe they do things? Actually, I would prefer um, what there's a uh, artist who I've tried to get you into. One day it'll happen. Stephen Wilson. Stephen Wilson. You'd like him to do like a remix. So he loves this album. Okay. He loves ELO, and he has actually gone on record as saying he would love to do a complete. And what he does is he takes the album, gets the original mm-hmm. tapes, he digitizes them all to high def or high res. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he remixes them, makes them all sound, makes the individual instruments and the individual tracks sound better. And then remixes them trying to be very faithful to the original mix. And if you've heard Chicago too, what he did with Chicago. Yeah. yeah, too, I, I do have that. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, uh, and, and he just has a new album out with his band. What are they called? Porcupine? Porcupine tree came out Friday. And you have that on vinyl? It's on the way. All right. I, boy, I hope it. I hope nothing happens to it. Uh, it's. Uh, I had to get the uh, three LP cut at forty five RPM clear vinyl box set because of, of, of course. course I did. I, 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 I'm too lazy to even play the nerd talk sting at this point. I <laughs> don't, can't even. Don't. I can't even get to it. And I've actually got tickets to see him in September because um, this will be the last time they tour allegedly. So I'm going to see him at the Warfield. I think hey, he's young though. Never seen never. No, I mean with this band. Yeah. You 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 watch the interviews with him and it's like it's like do you really hate these people as much as you're pretending to hate them? Yeah, is it an act? I feel like maybe I, it's a little bit of an act. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Hyperbole. Is that the word? It could be. Okay, I, so I can't imagine Jeff Lynne wouldn't, because no matter what he would do to it, he, look, the original is always going to be out there for right. everyone. So this is just right. another another variation or another, it's just going to, it's going to sound incredible. I, I would, I, look, when, I mean, he's done these, the Jethro Tull stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds great. The yes. guy knows what he's doing. King Crimson. Yeah. Yeah. Tears for Fears. It's yep. amazing. It's all great stuff. So yep. first song from Out of the Blue. How many copies do you own on vinyl? I think I'm at 48 different pressings. Okay. And what's the best pressing to get if you can find it? Oh, I have that. I have that saved in my notes in my phone. Um, there are four pressings, the German pressing, uh, the original US pressing, uh, the Japanese repressing and, uh, oh, there's a music on vinyl pressing. The only vinyl pressing of this that was done, I think in the nineties, mm-hmm. completely digitally sourced, juiced up a bit, but it sounds great. All right. So cool. those are my four favorites. Good to know. So if you, if you don't own it mm-hmm. and you want to own it, rewind and listen to those four choices and go get one of those. Yeah. When you, uh, when you're, when you have like your list, you're in a, you're in a new town, mm-hmm. you find a record store, mm-hmm. you have your list, because mm-hmm. you got to have a list or you'll just forget. I have, I have Discogs. So Discogs is a database for, it's Wikipedia for your music okay. collection. And every individual pressings, let's say Abbey Road, there mm-hmm. could be a thousand different entries for Abbey Road. Every vinyl pressing, CD, cassette, reel-to-reel is all in there. 
And um, I go through that and I've created a want list. So I've got about 500 records in my want list. So you're in a record store, you're in Jerry's <laughs> Super Tunes in Des Moines, Iowa, and, yeah. you're, and you're, you're going through the section that you're looking for yeah. and you find it. It's just like, you can't even explain that feeling no. when you find it. They call it crate digging. And when you find something that you've been looking for 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 years, years and yeah. years and years or something you didn't know existed or yep. some very, yeah. So um, it's um, it's the thrill of the hunt. And then it almost doesn't matter what the price point is because you've been looking for it for this long that you'll just be like, yeah, that's good. I'm buy- it's mine. I'm yeah. buying it. Sadly, that's true. Although condition plays a big, big role in it too because yeah. I'm not going to play a beat up record on my turntable. So right. if, as long as it's in good shape and if it's, if it's fairly priced, but yeah, there are certain exceptions. If I do find mm-hmm. an orange vinyl pressing of this, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you almost, you almost <laughs> snatch it up. Like there's like, it's almost like there's people around you, like trying to get to it too. You like, you're like, no, no one's, uh, this is mine. I go, when I walk into a record store for the first time, I do travel and I, before I go mm-hmm. to a new city, I do reach out and find Mm -hmm. out the best record stores and I will go to the ELO section first. Then I go to the new release section first Mm because that's where the things that have just been put on the shelves are. And and then usually the audiophile section after that. And then if I have time left over, I'll go look at the rest of the stuff. I had been looking for a CD copy of Lindsey Buckingham's second solo album, Go Insane, for Mm -hmm. years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And when I found that, when I saw, I'm like, what? And I think it was, and it was like, you know, whatever, seventeen ninety nine, right, for a UCD. But it was like it didn't even matter. It's like, yeah, yeah this is done. I mean, did I want it to be five ninety nine? Sure, but it wasn't. And boom, done. All right, nerd. Okay, <laughs> your first song from Out of the Blue is Starlight. Yeah, and uh, this is probably the most different sounding uh, song on the entire album. I don't know why I like it. It's just, it to me, it's kind of doo-wop-y, 50s, but also got a little bit of a 40s kind of swoony vibe. And it just, I don't know, I really like it. Here we go. Let's hear it. Because I don't recall this one. deep cut jeff said he was going for an al green kind of vibe and i think he got it yeah i think it sounds like al green i also like it i wanted i don't know if you ever did the a, a podcast where songs stop and start like no i've wanted to do that because i love that but there's no i mean you can't just google that on itunes like, no hey. you have to like no go oh that's one because <laughs> that would be my number one choice there's a jeff lynn solo song from um armchair theater mm-hmm. i think that stops and starts again that i really love i can't yeah. think of what it's called is it nobody home? I don't. I don't know, but I love it. Yeah. I love songs that stop and yep. start again. Yep. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. 
Auto Trader. All right, my first track off Out of the Blue is It's Over. This album's got like what four, definitely four hits on it, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. Lots of hits and lots of deep cuts. What's your next one? Uh, next cut comes, or next track comes from side three, which is Concerto for a Rainy Day. So it's four songs that make up one suite, if you will, mm-hmm. a concerto. And that's what you can do when you're mm-hmm. doing a double album. You can Heck do a yeah. full side like yeah. that. I mean, so basically, this album came about when UA or uh, I think went to Jeff and uh, Frampton Comes Alive was huge. So they're like, Jeff, make a double live album. And Jeff was not a fan of live albums because yeah. they never sounded like the studio. Still hasn't released one. Uh, yeah, he did. He did? Yep. <clears throat> uh, live at Wembley. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Um, and um, yes, I have it on vinyl. And then there's a, <laughs> there's a bootleg of uh, the Hyde Park one, too, that I okay. also have on vinyl. Um, you have a bootleg on vinyl. I have a few. How do those sound? They vary from horrible to... Now, I have a Pretender's bootleg. I have mm-hmm. a um, two ELO, uh, one recorded back, I think, in the 76 mm-hmm. time frame or so. But um, they're, they're more... I don't listen to them on a regular basis. But this one, they went all out, this uh, Hyde Park bootleg, right. um, like colored vinyl. And it would sound great if it weren't for the hum over the entire... The album has like whoever mastered it, has, there's like some mm, hum... Anyway. But um, so anyway, this is track number three from that side three. It's Summer and Lightning, and um, it's just a perfect pop song. It's not deja vu, but I'm having a remembrance. Was there a was there a television ad for this album? And was that song in the ad? Do you remember that at all? I don't remember. Because, you know, when we were growing up, sometimes there would be an ad on TV for an album that was yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I feel like... I do, too. That somehow rings a bell. Huh. I'll have to look on YouTube and see if I can find that later. Okay. My second and our fourth and final song from Out of the Blue is a hit, and it's Turned to Stone. Thank you. 
Okay, I found it on uh, I found it on YouTube. It says ELO out of the blue TV spot. So hold on, let me uh, let me stop the iTunes from playing. Stop, and then let me turn this up, and let me see what happens here. And the song that we're looking for, Summer and Lightning. Okay, this says Electric Light Orchestra out of the blue. Featured in secret gold box TV commercial. Okay, I don't think I want that. Yeah, that's too long. The um, amazing thing about this album. All right. No. That's an ad. <laughs> um, Jeff had like a little over four weeks to write all the songs and then had writer's block for two weeks. So basically he wrote 17 songs in a little over two weeks. Oh, isn't he an underachiever? I know. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's find out what this, let's find out what's happening here with this. Oh, I love this song. I should describe this. This it's a a man and a woman. They're in the back seat. They're in the front seat of a car, and they're making out. Yeah. And as that song plays, and she says, "I love this song." Now it's kind of like Close Encounters stuff happening outside the car with the window. You know, it's I, I do remember this. I do remember. This. And then the album comes out of the sky and it's in his hand. And now he's going to, let me back it up for just a second. And he's going to say, it's out of the blue, the ELO album. Electric Light Orchestra on Jet Records and Tapes, distributed by CBS Records. I got to think that commercial made people not want to buy the album. Yeah. And, and, and definitely that was not the song I thought that yeah. was in it was definitely not. Okay. And there's one more here. ELO out of the blue. It says featured in secret gold box TV commercial, 1978. But I don't know what all that means, but let's find out. It says this is two minutes long. It says here, get 11 albums for only $1 when you join the Columbia Record and Tape Club. Terrific? You bet. But now I'm about to tell you how to go this offer one better and get 12 records or tapes of your choice what? instead of 11, all for that very same dollar. Tell me more. Yes, 12 great stereo records, 8-track cartridges, tape cassettes, or reel-to-reel -reel tapes that you choose yourself. Reel-to-reel you And performers get. you want most to hear, like Neil Diamond. Light Orchestra. And they're just showing the album like on a table. Crystal Gale. All right, I guess that's it. Well, I was correct about there being a commercial for the album, but I was wrong with uh, what song was in it. But uh, I feel good about it. So did I tell the story during the Out of the Blue podcast how this was the record that was on the charts and in the cutout bins simultaneously? Um, if you did, it's okay mm. to tell that again, because that's very interesting. Just really quickly. So what happened with the release of the album is um, originally Jet Records was distributed by United Artists. United Artists was sold, which trigger triggered something called a control clause in the contract. Okay. So Jet moved over to CBS Records. And so they basically said, well, now CBS gets is the distributor of Out of the Blue, but there were already uh, something like 10 million <laughs> copies of some ridiculous number of the UA pressing. Okay. So they started a rumor that the UA copies were defective. Uh, do you have a copy of that? I do. So is, I have is it a, defective? It's brand... No, I have, so I have a copy of that. It's not defective. It's great. Do you have a cutout? Stan, Rucket, Stan Ricker, Half Speed Mastered. Sounds amazing. All right. I do have a sealed copy. Mm -hmm. 
with a punch, little punch in the corner. <laughs> I love it. With the price tag on it because they were in the cutout bin and a double record in 1977 was selling for $2.99. Amazing. Of an album that was on the charts. Speaking of charts, if, went all the way to number four. I US mean, if, if you purchased the 45s of the four singles, yeah. it would cost more than right. that cutout. Right. All right. Yeah. People people look at that and go, and I still have it sealed. I don't want to open it. They're like, why? Why two ninety nine? That's ridiculous. And I'm like, nope. This was this was in cutout bins. It's got all the goods inside it too. Then the, right, the spaceship, the poster, all that stuff. And your kid knows not to open. I haven't said your child's name because I don't know if you like to put your Dean. Yeah. Okay, Dean. Yeah. Dean knows not to open those. He he has his own. He has a he has his own record. Crossley. I think it's Batman. Is it a Crossley? No, no, they actually we have a um, music hall turntable in the house. Yes, that's Danielle and Dean's. Okay, they rarely use it. And then I have one at work, which actually I use more than any other. My my work system is the one I use. I, I want to say six hours a day. And you yeah. just load up a bunch of albums to take to work that I day. Do. I have a bag of albums I bring. Do and you pick them the night before, like I, packing your lunch the night I, before? I putting do. your clothes out the night I before. I do. Usually, they're listening to records that I just purchased. But sometimes, like lately, I've been listening to my mom's records while I've been working and been a very emotional but uplifting type of thing. And sometimes I'm I go through classical phases or whatever. Here's the talk around the office. How many people are in your office? I have my own office. But so, uh, there's other coworkers. 20. Right. Yeah. Here's what's happening in the break room. It's, it's one of two. It can only be two things. Yeah. Either it's like, man, I love going to Dana's office. It's so cool. He always has cool music. And I love looking at those albums. It's so, it's, I love it. I just love it. Or, fucking Dana's got the fucking, fucking vinyl. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Nice. It's 50-50. Whatever. Does that guy do anything? <laughs> I also have my, I have an aquarium in my office. So I figure I, I'm there 10 hours a day. I might as well make it a place I want to be. So do you ever bring a vinyl copy of Stevie Wonder's music aquarium in there just for the fish to hear? That's a great idea. I and you should. I need to get right on that. All right. Moving on. 1979, yes. the discovery album, comedian Brad Garrett is the model on the yeah. back. It's him. It's true. Is this their disco album? Uh, some people call it Disco Very, not Discovery, but uh, no, it's not. Disco Very, it's, it's, that's great. It's a, um, it's an album of the times, just like most of the albums were. So yeah, there are some dance songs on it. There yeah. are some disco-like songs, but no, most of the songs are not disco songs at all. All right, let me hear one that's not a disco song. Oh yeah. Um, so this album went all the way to number one in the UK. This is their first number one album in the UK. It's not even as good as the previous three. I know. And it went to number one. It had all the hits. So yeah. I mean, most of the songs on here are huge hits, but... Uh, the had first a song called Last Train to London. I know. So they had to buy it in sucking the UK. Up. That's yep. sucking up to them. Uh, Wishing, which is the second to last song. Great, let's hear it. Four minutes and 14 seconds, if you need to know that. talk about those van halen albums again for a hundred dollars each those One, things no 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 125, 125 they were each. Yeah. okay so 
those albums clock in at just around 32 minutes each. They're still going to spread that over four sides? I'm hoping that they, because what they do on a lot of, what I love what they do with records is there was a period, let's say you had 12 songs. They would just spread three per side. But then yeah. they realized, well, if we did four per side, we still aren't exceeding the limitations of vinyl. Mm-hmm. And then we can do something cool on the fourth side, like an etching or an something. An etching like or that. something. Okay. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's what they do for those records because there's no reason to spread. I mean, what? Eight minutes per side. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Come on. That's, yeah. Good, that's wacky. I did math. Yes, you did. Was that, were you yes, impressed? You did. I was. <laughs> uh, the first song I picked from Discovery, it's a hit. It's Shine a Little Love. You can dance to this for sure. Oh, yeah. I can see the disco lights, the floor lights pumping. Oh, yeah. And then the other song I picked is also the song you picked. So I'll let you introduce it. I mean, you can't not pick this song. You can't not pick it. Jeff wrote it in a day because he realized the album didn't have a loud one. That's a quote. So he just sat down, wrote it in a day, record, and I think there's- So it was also the last song recorded for, written for the album? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then um, the, the, the drum, I guess the story goes, and I don't, I didn't check all my facts, but Bev had d- laid down some, just some drum tracks and mm-hmm. then- Jeff loved a certain part of it, and it's basically the the background of it. That's not Bev on the drums playing it for the whole song. That's just a loop of like four seconds. That, and he he actually strung something up with the tape just so it would just continuously play. And so, and by the way, that's what they had to do back then. Oh they yeah, had to, there they no had to, digital. There's no pro no. Tools. You yeah. couldn't just like copy and paste it. Oh no. 10, t- 10 or twelve times yeah. and let it play. Yeah. All right. It's don't bring me down. And it's Bruce, not Bruce. And what does that mean? Nothing, nothing. Nonsense. You got me thinking that I'm wasting my time. Don't bring me down. No, 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 no. I tell you once more before I get up the floor. Don't bring me down. You wanna stay out with your fancy friends? Nineteen seventy nine. It sounds like it, yeah, but it's still good. Still holds up. It does. So now the next album, yeah, it's not. It's half Yellow and half Olivia Newton John. It is. Like I don't even own this in a physical copy. And I don't. I've never seen this movie. Oh well, you're lucky. <laughs> Although I love it. And I recognize fully, this would be, if there was a guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. which I hate that term, but yeah. it, it's a horrible movie and I love it. I absolutely love it because it is, I love the living John and I still do. I love ELO. I was into disco. Mm-hmm. I was into all that stuff. So this just ticked all the bells for me. 
I don't know how many times I've said about movies, look, I loved it, but I cannot recommend it to oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, there there are moments in the movie where the, they mash up uh, Olivia Newton-John doing kind of a big band song with the tubes, doing a uh, basically a rock song, a punk song. Uh-huh. And it's cool. I love it. But I mean, it was a huge, huge, huge album. That movie flopped. Yeah. Um, but um, number four in the US, number two in the UK. That's amazing. There are five songs on the ELO side and four of them were hits. That's so, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So let's hear the hits. Let's hear the two. So I chose Don't Walk Away as my first song. This was, they wrote it for the film, but then when they were done editing the film, they realized, oh, we don't have a place to put this song and we need to get the song in the film. So they hired Don Bluth, the animator. Okay. From Dis- originally from Disney, Secret of Nim and all those films. He was given 12 weeks to basically create a two and a half minute film that they would play during the film for this song. I'm sure that's on YouTube. Yeah. All right. Don't walk away. Don't turn around. Don't ever leave. A lonely room where empty days are gathering to meet me when you're gone. The band actually in the movie? No, they're not. Not, they're not seen. Not at all. I mean, Jeff had been they Jeff had been approached many, many times to do a, a soundtrack to create songs, and he just was always too busy either touring or producing or writing or whatever. And so this just he decided not to tour for Discovery. Yeah. So he suddenly had this window of time. So Xanadu came along. So I guess good for music, not great for movies. I wonder if Disney or Pixar ever thinks about reaching out to him now. Hmm. Yeah. He's he's been threatening to release a third solo album or third ELO, Jeff Lynn's ELO album. But and the last time one came out, it just kind of mm. it was kind of just like a surprise almost, mm-hmm. right? Yep, and that's like, probably what this one will be. Guess what? Guess what's yeah. dropping in two weeks? Yeah. I like that. I think that's fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Other than the ramp up of like, yeah, the new four singles spread out over months, and yeah. the album drops in April of 2023. I don't want that. Just right. give it to me. Yeah. All right, I picked. I'm alive. I think you know this one. I do. So has your wife checked in with you yet? Uh, she did. She's the podcast you and I recorded a year and a half ago. She's just listening to for the first time, <laughs> and she was giving me feedback, Is positive. It? But she went to for some spa things. She's getting her hair blown out. She's getting uh, fingers and toenails done. Some yeah, some lady stuff. All right. Is she still? Is she? Do yep. we need to let her in? She's nope. still there. She's, She's still, still there. good. Okay. She's still good. All right. Then we'll keep. 
going with the nerd talk. Yeah. Now, the other song you picked is the song I also picked. So this would be our last Xanadu song. Go ahead, introduce it. Where'd it go to the charts? I don't know, but it was a hit. That wasn't a sentence. Where'd it go on the charts? How high did it chart on the charts? I don't know. It was a big hit. I know that. And um, I have it on a 10-inch blue vinyl that uh, was only released in the UK. And then I have Xanadu on a 10-inch pink vinyl. And for the longest time, I had them framed. I don't know if I still do or not. The problem with framing them, they look cool, but then you can't play them. Right. Never now and then I want to play them. I think those might still be framed, but. How do you even decide? I mean, you must walk into the room and like be like, I don't know what I want to listen to. I, I just don't. Then what do you do? Just like go go and just like close your eyes and grab something? Normally I have a stack. So my albums that I buy, the new purchases, can't be played till they're cleaned. Sorry, okay. they can't be cleaned till they're entered in Discogs. Then they can be cleaned. Then they must be played. Then they can join the rest of the records. So there's a separate bin sitting next to the cleaner. That's where, so that's typically where I go to. Um, but yeah, yeah. I couldn't get it queued up quick enough. <laughs> Gotta be entered in and then cleaned and then played. So yeah. let me ask you this. Once you once it's clean mm-hmm. and you've played it, mm-hmm. the next time you play it, do you have to clean it again? No, 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 no. Right. I have a very good turntable and yeah, no, it's it's fine. So um and I only Edges only. You touch edges only. Of course, of course. Yeah. And I I try to with very few exceptions, the records that I have in my collection, if I play an album and I truly hate it and I know that I will never listen to it again, it I don't keep it. Okay. The music I have, I, I, the plan is to at one point pull out that record and play it again. But when you have five thousand, it's hard. Of, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> so they just look some cool. things might be purchased <laughs> and only played a couple of times. I would say everything purchased has been played once, and I'm my hope is that what's still in there. There are albums in there I've played. You know, I I can't, probably can't go um, a couple of weeks without listening to Out of the Blue, okay. and I'll just pick a different vinyl pressing. And of course, a Braxis because uh, it sounds so great. Uh, no, you don't want to play that too many times. Because mm. what if you pull it out of the, you drop it? There it goes. Have you? Oh, <sighs> how crazy do you go when you did you just drop one? Because you've done it. I've done it once, only once. Yep, and once where it damaged the record, uh-huh. and uh, it was a brand new. It was actually the uh, <sighs> Beatles Blue Greatest Hits album. Oh my god! And I had just bought it on Amazon, and I was like killing myself. And I went, oh wait, I had bought it on Amazon. It went back to Amazon. Hey, this record had a scratch in it. Sorry, exactly. Amazon. <laughs> Sorry, Bezos. <laughs> all right. Did we play all over the world? No. We didn't. Here it is. We got into some nerd talk. smart to have an Olivia Newton-John side and an ELO side. Yep. I thought that was, I think that's pretty cool. And if you never, ever want to watch that movie, just watch that 
part of the movie where they the, what's going on when they play that song in the movie. It's cringe worthy. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I can only imagine. <clears throat> All right, we're back. We never left, but we're back, and we're going to talk about the album from 1981, the first proper ELO album of the 80s, and it's simply called Time. What do you think of this album cover? I like it. It's different, but yeah, it is different. I missed, you know, I missed the uh, the big colorful stuff. And yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a it's a new era for ELO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer Electric Light Orchestra. It is ELO. It is ELO. It is. And ELO. do we know why they did they just want it to be easier? I think Jeff was done with the orchestra part of ELO. I, he, I think he got to a point where they were always a pain. That makes sense. Um, and and to, I think having writing music with the idea that there has to be an orchestra mm-hmm. component to it kind of pigeonholes you into a certain yeah. type of, of sound. So I think he wanted to get away from that. And I think he was embracing kind of the 80s, new wavy kind of feel. And um, I mean, we joke in my ELO vinyl groups that it's, uh, there's always time for time. So we, <laughs> we love time. We're and big fans. The O at this point is for overdrive, right? Sure. Electric light overdrive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. What, now you immediately out of the gate pick the song that I was going to pick. These are the two songs I picked are not just my two favorite songs from the album, but they're two of my, they're in my top 150. I just love these songs and nobody's ever heard them before that, you know, even, even, you know, other than hardcore ELO fans, your casual ELO fans not heard these. But this first one, it's, it's my favorite song on the album. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite ELO songs. Yeah. It's great. The, uh, the song is the life, the way life's meant to be. I can speak. It's so good. Yeah. All right. Here it is. First listen. <laughs> As I wander around this wreck of a town where people never speak aloud. With its ivory towers and its plastic flowers, I wish I was back in 1981. Just to see your face instead of this place. Yes, one of my favorites, without a doubt, and one of my favorite ELO songs. This song was recorded way before the the other songs on the album because he used this song as a way to try out new music studios because, again, it was a new ELO, so okay. we're going to record differently, we're going to record in different locations, and uh, so, yeah, it's a really good song. Okay, so we both had that song, and now I will play the big hit because I chose it. Because I don't, I need to, this is, time is one that... I need to listen to as a whole piece of music. It is a, it is their second concept album. Yeah. Yeah. So I I only enjoy it that way. Pulling individual songs out was tricky for me, except for these two. So this is hold on tight. that song chart i feel like it was 
big, but maybe it wasn't. It, it did okay. I, I didn't do the individual songs, but I know the album went to number one in the UK. That's her second number one album, and only 16 in the US. But um, yeah, I mean, the first time I heard this album, saw the cover, I was like, oh. And then it, I, it took me a little while to warm up to it, but... Um, I, it's a grower, not a shower. It is. It is. But much it, like Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, in the, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's very much of its time. It's very yes. much an 80s album. Yeah. All right. And what's our third and final song from the, time that you chose? Oh, The Lights Go Down. I love this song. Was there any ELO played at your wedding? Um, I'm pretty sure that was in our nuptials that no, there couldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I had, yeah, a friend of mine was my DJ and I'm sure he, no, no, not okay. at all. All right. Yeah. Here we go. What's the story of this album? Because I don't know it. It is a person from the 80s who's transported 100 years in the future and really misses the 80s. <laughs> okay. Oh, loose right. concept. Not that, you know, it, it just did, you know, there's a lot of songs about how cool the 80s were. All right. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Secret Messages, single album version. Yes. There was a double album version released. Yes. Was it released on vinyl or just digitally? Oh, no, it was released on vinyl. But it wasn't released on CD. No. Why not? I don't know. That's, I didn't, CD. actually, I didn't know it wasn't released on CD. No, it wasn't. Sense, so yeah. I bought it digitally. Yeah. Um, and then there's a song from this time period that he didn't put on the album. Mm -hmm. And what's that called? Beatles Forever. Beatles Forever. Have you heard that song? I love it. I, I, it's not, I'm, so the, the deal with the album was it was supposed to be a double album from the start. Okay. And then at, he basically had the album finished and they actually even had test pressings, including wow. Beatles Forever. And yeah, that would be my second Holy Grail to get a All test right, pressing. A test pressing with Beatles Forever. Never seen one. But um, the the studio basically said, yeah, double albums are too expensive. Really, it was more like, ELO, you're not as popular as you once yeah, were. So make it a single album. And I think that really hurt the album because... I, I'm pretty sure side one, they just left intact as it was. Mm -hmm. So you have four good songs. I've two great songs, two okay songs, but um, it, it kind of left it. They were, you know, a little, a little hampered by, well, we now we only have one more side to fill up with, with music. So the double album is actually really good. It, it yeah. would have meant it would have. And I, I can understand Jeff's reason for not wanting to release that single because he has worked with the most of the Beatles right. and it's very fawning. It's very like, you know, I owe my whole life to the Beatles. They're the greatest. They're, you know. Yeah. And and I think but at the same point it, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he he did say that, you know, ELO was designed to basically pick up after I am the Walrus uh from the Beatles and and kind of take continue on with that musical journey. So why not? So there is a YouTube video of it, and it's actually quite good. And the um, 
the most recent Yes album called The Quest, they have a Beatles song on there and they just lean into it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay. Every every musician credits the Beatles for something. I, yeah. I mean... He, he, he said he... He hasn't said he'll never release it. He said maybe one day he wants to tinker with it and, you know, Records, whatever that is. Record Store Day exclusive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So what's your first song from Secret Messages? This song, I truly believe, if it had been released on A New World Record or Out of the Blue, would have been a massive hit. And it's called Bluebird. It's All right. third song on side one. You work, work, work. You work, you work so hard on Right into the first song I picked with no introduction. Here it is. You work, work. It's just work, such a great song. Yeah. You work so hard yeah, I love it. I love that song. That's the uh, that's the way life's meant to be from this album for yeah. me. Those two yeah. are fantastic. Just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I just love them. Uh, so now we're back to you. My second song on this is. Don't ask me. People have asked me why. I don't know why. I can't explain it. This is my favorite ELO song of all time. This is this next song that we're going to play. That nobody's ever heard. But it's not on Out of the Blue. It's not on Out of the Blue. It's your favorite ELO song of all time. All time. Where does it rank in your list of all time? It's in the the top 10. I think it's like number six or something like that. Because from the title, I don't even know what this song is. Nobody does. And it's not even one of the the typical fans fall in love with or talk, you know, great about or anything like that. But, and I don't. Is it, wrote, the, is it the I'm sorry. No. Is, is it the music or the lyrics? It's the overall feeling of the song. All it's right. just kind of a, he wrote it, he got inspired by watching a documentary on the mm-hmm. space shuttle. Okay. And kind of wrote this. And I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it more just, I think it's like one of the best love songs he's ever written. And it's called Take Me On and On. All right. I'm so excited. The chains that pulled you Song. I just love it. Danielle, Danielle asked me, what's my favorite ELO song? And I told her this one. And then she had one of those paintings made of the lyrics that go in the circle, circle? like an oh, album. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that's hanging in the music room. 
That's great. There aren't many words, though. They had to double up. They literally, I read it and go, there aren't many words in the song. And then, oh, they just repeated the words twice. Did, um, how much uh, wall space is left in the music room? None. Running out. None. None. Nothing. So if something goes up, something has to come down. So when I got my like ELO. Art gallery. Yeah. So when I got my ELO Lego, th- that took up an entire wall where mm-hmm. there was already ELO on there. So I had to basically, something's got. Well, when something comes down, where do you store it? It, well, typically they're vinyl records that are framed, and oh, so okay. they go basically into the records that I can now play. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, and like Hold On Tight, I picked a hit for my next song, and it's Rock and Roll is King. Everyone knows this song and Hold On Tight, but they don't know these albums. Right. And the, I think both those songs were the last tracks of the albums. And so they're yeah. kind of like, well, here's the hit. It doesn't really have anything to do with the, the album, nor does it sound like the rest of the album. Right. But it's here, I'm going to make the record companies happy. So there's your hit. The Secret Messages album cover is kind of a disaster for me. It's, yeah. It's a lot of stuff. There's, yeah, there's a lot. It, it doesn't even look like Like, it. I don't even know exactly what's on it. I yeah. just know that it's a frame picture I don't know. Yeah. But in, this is, I think, where the division started happening. Now we flipped. So the U.S. is pretty much done with ELO. Yes. This only went to number 36. And the U.K. is still hanging on there. This went to four in the U.K. And that's going to continue on with our next album. All right. So this album has a very um, interesting al- album artwork. It doesn't look like any of the other ELO no. albums at all. At all. It's... um. Like I don't, I don't think it's, I don't even think it's good. The it's, album art, it's just so simplistic. It's an '80s version of the ELO logo or yeah. the, the letters ELO. Yeah. But it looks like a face too, kind of, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the album is called Balance of Power. Now, all that said, I don't, I don't hate the album cover. Right. And this is one of my favorite ELO albums. Yeah. And here's how I stumbled upon this album in 1986. I worked at a uh, record store, and at the end of the year they would go through all the promos and you could take whatever you wanted because they cleared out all the promos and they let uh, you know the staff have them. And there were a couple copies of this and I'm like, no, no. I, I knew Calling America. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so I'm like, well, I'll take this one. And I love it. Now, does it sound like traditional ELO? N- not really, but I just love it. So I love every song on this album. Yeah. I really do. I, I do too. And the, the, I think the, the knock on it is, is, this album um, is very 80s. There's no question. Very I mean, th- 80s. There's a track on here I almost picked. Um, Maybe I picked it. Because it literally, no, because it's not It's not great, but it sounds like it come out of every 80s rom-com okay. movie ever made. But yeah, it's, um, th- th- this was basically, I've got one more album to make to get out of my contract. He tried to do that with a double album with Secret Messages. That didn't work. So this is just literally, I want to make this album. He, I want to go produce. I want a solo career. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with the yellow. I'm so done with let's it. Let's get this done. Well, I'm done with it for 
for five, now. For five years. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So your first song is? Uh, this song, my son Dean and I, we do in our music room, we have dance parties. We have actually a disco ball that yeah. we turn on and plug in. And this is one of his favorite ones. We lip sync to it. We go crazy to it. And it's, I love this it's song. It's called So Serious. See, and you're not acting serious when you play this. No. You're the opposite of So Serious. Yeah. This song's on Discovery. I think it's huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe there's a picture of the band. The band photo in this album is just three people. I think it's just Richard Tandy, mm-hmm. Bev, I think. I Maybe. I gotta look. Yeah. I gotta look. Because Vamp, talk amongst at yourselves. So, at some point, uh, Bev and... Um, Bev went off and formed ELO2. And, uh, and his stinks. And his relationship... I don't hate ELO2. And uh, I both, mean, I, I love it. No, both, both those albums just got released on vinyl. And I'm, I'm backpedaling. I'm, I'm, I'm backpedaling, guy. Let's try it. Yeah, and that ELO too. That stinks, right? No, it's actually not bad. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's what ELO two has more orchestra than the last couple of ELO albums. Let's put it that way. But it, at this point, it's pretty much this is Jeff. This is almost a Jeff solo album. I'm looking through the yeah, yeah. Here's the. That's that's the picture I'm talking about. Yeah, Bev, yeah. Jeff, and yeah. uh, and Richard. Okay, all right, cool. All right, so my turn. My turn. Here we go. How do you how do, how was Bev able to call it ELO two? Didn't Jeff own the name? I there's a whole thing on that, and um, I mean, I I never bought those albums because I saw it and I'm like, well, this yeah. is this is like Creedence Clearwater Revisited. It's just like. Not- there's an, a record label. You should get in touch with him. Renaissance Records. Really nice guy. I think he's out of LA. Okay. But he's a little independent guy. He's been releasing some missing persons. He's releasing all the Oingo Boingo on vinyl. Oh yeah, no, it's um. Oh, I did get in touch with that guy, and he won't yeah. s- he won't send me anything. Yeah, he did the uh, he also did the Berlin albums. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's called. Um, I thought it's Renaissance. No, it uh, Rubellin. That's it. You're right. Rubellin Rubel- remastered. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 But he's like he. He sent me some promos, and he's like, I'm not sending people promos anymore. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to yeah, say. He, he's an interesting guy. He has a zero defect. Like, if you get an album and it's defective, oh, well. Because it's not my fault. But Yeah, they released the first, um, the Rick Ocasek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have that on CD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seems like a good company, except that zero defect. Thing. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I buy it from Amazon. Mm, yeah, I did actually. So I yeah. think, and then what? He's smart. He then oh, here's the yellow part two on gold color vinyl, only available through me. Uh, Damn you! Is, yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think this is the first song on the album that I picked. Yeah, heaven only knows. Mm-hmm. Love it.
On the front of this album cover, it says Electric Light Orchestra. I mean, it just says ELO, but across here, yep. it does say the full name. It does. And remember, we have caught one copy of every CD we've played so far, except Xanadu, right. uh, to give away to you. So, take that. I almost said, take that, bitches. And then uh, there I said it. All right. What's your next song? Uh, because I love the ballad. Uh, this mm -hmm. is the big ballad off the album. It's called Getting to the Point. And uh, this was the song when I first heard the album for the you know very first time. This was the one that stood out to me. All right. Get, getting to the point. Out of control. And Jeff's voice is great all oh. the time. Spinning softly through the blue now And look beyond these walls As the meaning starts to dawn It's getting to the point Getting to the point It's out of control I wanted to mention Jeff's voice sometime during the show because he's so often I think thought of like as a producer or a or a songwriter or his work with other people and I don't know that people mention what a great singer he is. Yeah. I think it took it took him a few albums to kind of trust his voice mm -hmm. his who I was trying to be a rock star or trying to do too much and eventually he just realized okay, it, you know, I can sing and he yeah. can. He can. He, he really can. And um have you but when, sometimes when he produces, yeah, I know what you're going to say. It sounds so much like it's <clears throat> him and not the artist. Yes. He has a very interesting, and even George Harrison, there's an interview with him about that when he, they worked together on cloud nine, Jeff will write pieces of songs mm -hmm. and just, and it's like, he literally throw scrabble pieces on the board and try to make a word out of them. Well, he does the same thing with pieces of music and tries to make a song out of them. And more often than not, it works, but sometimes you can tell, oh, this is a song. There are three separate songs that they kind of melded together. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. And so whenever I see his name as producer, I get excited. Right. But then sometimes it doesn't turn out the way I want it to. Yeah. Here's, here, I'm going to get, here's an example of him. This is when he worked with Brian Adams. That sounds you can hear like Wilburys in there. I love the song. Johnny had a plan, gonna see the world, knew he had to go. It sounds like Brian Adams singing over the tra traveling yeah. Wilburys. Yeah. Have you ever heard this before? I've heard the song. Okay. I do love that song. What are, you, so. what are your thoughts on the rest of the album? I like two songs. <laughs> I mean, this this new Brian Adams can just uh, go fuck himself. <laughs> wow. I'm just, uh, was that too much? Um, I'm sorry, we, was this on? Surprise, I got you Brian Adams next week. Oh boy. <laughs> Is it an, uh, did you send me an SACD of uh, yeah. some, yeah, these, these new Brian Adams, I just, I have no time for it. I just, I'm just like, what is happening? What happened to you? It's just not my thing. I'm sure some people love it. I, I'm not one of those fans that's like, 
just embraces it all, no matter what. Like, no, nah, it's a, yeah, he's just trying. This. I'm just like, yeah. no, this is not good. Right, right. You know, be good, be better. All right, my last song. And again, I said I like this album top to bottom, and yet I still picked the single because I love the single so much, and it's Calling America. I believe there's a video for this song, too. There is. I'm sure that's great. Nope. <laughs> song I like it yep love it all right all right we've got one more album and this is where is this ranked among all your albums of electric light orchestra number nine number nine and, oh. and and i might even move it up after i revisited it again prior to this um it i mean 15 years have passed this album comes out of nowhere Jeff has gone on to be uber producer, super producer. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah, it wasn't... I said it was five. You know, it wasn't... My math was wrong. It's 15 years. 15 years. years. 15. He he made his solo album, Armchair Theater, which is a really good album. Yeah. He did the Traveling Wilburys. Mm -hmm. He's worked with George Harrison, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Tom Petty, Everly Brothers, Dave Edmonds, Brian Williams, uh, Ryan Wilson, Randy Newman. Um, And... They asked him, why, why another ELO album? And he goes, well, sometimes you just want to produce your own music. Yeah. And I get it. So he actually took his time. He spent two and a half years recording the album. The only original member of ELO that's in this on this album is um, Richard Tandy. Richard Tandy, and they've remained friends, um, yeah. you know, since. And um, it uh, the album spent a, a three weeks on the charts. <laughs> it made it to ninety four in the US, thirty four in the UK, and it's not necessarily a i mean it is the album the transition from jeff lynn's elo to or from elo to jeff lynn's yeah ELO. this could easily be called jeff lynn's elo but there are some great great songs on this album i remember when this came out first of all it was hard to find yes even when it was, oh and the, then it was expensive the vinyl yeah so that's the only the reason CD was pricey it's still like i think you can get used copies for 20 30 bucks or something but the vinyl i think my copy of the vinyl is worth uh four or five hundred dollars wow and then it was reissued um mm-hmm. a few years back yep uh, even that's with, those are insanely yeah expensive. with a bonus track i think that's the one i yep. have over there but um yeah i purchased it when it came back and then i think i then i then i think i like ditched it like mm-hmm. sold it back or whatever traded it in it it didn't initially uh hit me at all right. like i didn't like it at all i was right. like oh no i don't like this but then when it was reissued and i bought it again right and i listened to it i was like oh yeah i was wrong i think if this had been a jeff lynn solo album mm-hmm. it would have been not that it would have been more popular but i think people would have accepted it more or even the first jeff lynn's eolo album but yeah it's great so let's uh, let's introduce maybe a lot of people to some songs on Zoom. Yeah. What do you got for me? Um, it's the song I chose first is "In My Own Time," and it's basically um, 
reminds me very much of like an, a standard song. And he ended up recording a couple of years later a, a record of just standards. Yeah, what's it called? Long Wave? Uh-huh. It's okay. Or Wavelength. No, Long, long wave. wave. Yeah, Yeah, Long Wave. But this is a great song. Yeah, I'm not into standards, but right. I do like I do like Long Wave because yeah. I like what he did with those songs. Yeah. All right, so this is In My Own Time. Doom, gloom, and misery. What you get to me Cold, tight, late and mean Beyond my wildest dreams Now that it's over And the sun came out to shine Very much a standard. Yeah. But not a standard. But not an a original standard. standard. Yeah. Yeah, I have the 2013 remastered and expanded edition. This album was originally released June 12th, 2001. So 21 years ago. Yeah. Because today is June 25th. Nice. All right, what's my first song? I don't even remember what I picked. State of Mind. And again, when I picked these songs, this was like I was listening to this album all over again. Because mm -hmm. if you just say, oh, have you heard... The song from Zoom called State of Mind, I'd be like, no, yeah. I don't remember that at all, but that's what I picked. That's still, I didn't stop that. There we go. To be honest with you, my takeaway from this whole episode, almost three-hour episode, is that Brian Adams can go fuck himself. <laughs> I don't know how other people feel, but that's that was my takeaway. If we've learned anything. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, one more from you. My last song, and last I, song. I can't think of a more perfect song to close on. Well, it'll be your song, but my song. I, I also have a playout song, too. I, of course. So this is, it's called Lonesome Lullaby, and what I love about this song is it kind of merges the original ELO mm -hmm. with the new Jeff Lynn ELO sound that's coming. And it kind of proves he can still rock when he wants to. It's a good old rocker. All right. Here it's a loud go. one. Lonesome Lullaby featuring Brian Adams. No. <laughs> i uh -huh. 
Yeah, the chorus. The chorus. Hear him say the song title. Yeah. All right. And my last one from Zoom. It's funny, The Knack in 1998 also released an album called Zoom. Mm. Good album. It's my favorite Knack album. Yeah. I really like it. I've talked about it ad nauseum. I've talked about it so much, just over and over. <laughs> All right. Uh, my song is It Really Doesn't Matter. I spent some time across the waves. I learned a lot of things I never could. Playout song, and we will play that at the appropriate time when the episode's over. It's a it's a big hit. It's a song everyone loves. Like I always try to make like I always try to decide like what's a song that everyone likes, and right. like like I think like Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie. I'm like oh, that's a song everyone has to like, right? Yeah. There can't be anyone who says I don't like that song. Or Midnight Blue by Lou Reed. I'm, I'm wow. Not Lou Reed, Lou Graham. I'm right. like everyone. Yeah, everyone likes that song, right? Yeah. So my playout song is one that I think everyone likes. So you can let me know what you think. But let's uh, let's do it. some <laughs> let's do some promoting. Tell us where we can tell us the names of these secret top secret vinyl Facebook groups. And is it uh, what's the criteria for getting in? Do I need to get a tattoo? What's no, happened? No, no, no. So um, all I know is I I have to be nice. Like I can't say, oh, that new Brian Adams vinyl can go fuck itself. I know I can't do that. Yeah. So that's a big part of. There's so much hate on Facebook um, that we kind of have a no hate policy. So you can post. I'm playing the Partridge Family. By the way, I love the Partridge Family. I have their entire collection on vinyl. Um, and you can play it on whatever you want. And if it, the idea is if you don't like that or you don't, you know, move on, move on. So um, the two groups that I moderate, one is called the Record Protection Protection Program. Okay. And we just post vinyl records and it's fun. Um, I also do all things Electric Light Orchestra. And that's our nerd. And suddenly that group has gotten like a lot of subscribers internationally so mm -hmm. there's a lot of st crazy stuff posted on there but it's you post whatever you want just no advertising or if you want to post it, a show or something mm -hmm. just let me know and it's all good um i also do a crazy for ktel <laughs> <laughs> that's Cause, cool because i mean you just I, I grew up poor so ktel records were my savior yeah. Yeah, 20 20 songs for five bucks i mean or seven bucks whatever it was you can't beat it do you have any of those now oh tons how do they sound horrible yeah, they couldn't be put together also, well. Also, they take a three-minute song and edit it down to two minutes and ten seconds. I so mean, they can get fifteen songs on a side. Yeah, and so yeah, they're, they're sonically they're not great, um, pressing quality they're not great, and but I mean it's twenty hits. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Now look, I want to throw this out there while it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Next time you're in town, we can record any episode you want to, but I would love to do a Partridge Family episode. Oh, yeah. I think that would be really cool. I, I listen to them like they're you too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So my, that's, my favorite. about it. Yeah, my favorite Partridge Family song, um, One Night Stand, is like, I, that's, in, that's also in my top 150 all-time favorite songs. It's in the top 50 probably. It's, it's not creepy? 
No, it's just about him. You know, I think it's autobiographical about him traveling and, you know, basically yeah. not, it's not gross or anything like that, but just, yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, there's no time for relationships. It's just music and city to city. And I get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, All right. And then tell us where you're at on Instagram. Vinyl guy Dana and it's vinyl underscore guy underscore Dana. And that's where I am on Twitter. I'm With very the underscores also on Twitter. Yeah. And right. I'm, I'm very active on Instagram. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter, um, especially in, in anything I post, whether it's rock and roll or not. Yeah. It, I tag rock solid. So yeah. And, and well, it's great. the at rock yeah. solid show Twitter is that's drama free too. There's everyone's yeah. it's a great community. Oh yeah. And you know, you people can hate on the internet or Twitter, but it's all about what you make it. And over there, it's a great, great bunch of people. And and people posting what they're listening to. And and again, I thank social media for well for ruining the world, but also for tuning me into some amazing music. Yeah, I wouldn't know uh, half the people I know now yeah. without music and without Twitter and all that good stuff. So excellent. Uh, we are at Rock Solid Show. You can also go to Facebook. I don't know. Google Facebook Rock Solid Podcast. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the handle is over there at Facebook. Uh, go to iTunes and write us a, a nice review. I haven't said that for a while, so maybe do that if you're uh, if you're in the iTunes uh, podcast. Be, be gentle for this episode. episode. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Rock Solid Podcast. The best money you'll spend. I just got to tell you, it's I, I. I here's my. I really want. I didn't get to say this last time. Wait, let me my, slide my script over to go. you. No, no, no. <laughs> um, this has been my, this is my favorite podcast. This is my one like weekly or sometimes twice weekly uh, reprieve from, mm -hmm. I have a very, very long commute. I'm typically in my car for a couple hours a day, mm -hmm. uh, just Bay Area traffic, Northern California. And this has gotten me through some, you know, long commutes, but also tuned me on, or turned me on to some amazing music that, you know. Danielle will ask me, why are you listening to an episode on so-and-so? It's like, because that's how I've discovered bands that I never thought in a million years I would like or music I wouldn't be, you know, a fan of. And when you sit down here and you record the show in person with me, it kind of taints it then. You're like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Nah. I've heard so much about the, yeah, Yuck. you know. Yeah, fucking rock room, whatever. <laughs> yeah, nice mics, big deal. Yeah. Um, well, Dana, you... Uh, you were great the last time over Zoom, but how much better is this? Oh, way better. It's fucking way better. Yeah. So, uh, and I, what I do at the end of the show, I start throwing the F-bomb out right and left <laughs> so that Dean can't listen. No. Um, so, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Uh, Partridge Family is I, one I would suggest, but I'm happy to do whatever you throw my way. You want to do Stephen Wilson, I'll listen to that stuff. Uh, if that's what it takes to get, listen to that album I sent you, To the Bone, you've got it. I mean, but anyway, no, what I wanted to do was Van Morrison. Yeah, and then you decided no. I, I didn't say anything. No, not I was at all. like, I was like, all right, that's what we'll do. And I spent an entire week listening to all the 70 albums and loving them and then realizing it's, it's, it's more about the album and the feel of the album than it is about the individual songs. Individual songs, songs so that's yeah. That's a tough one. Sometimes an album is a whole piece yes. of art yes and has to be taken in yep. as a whole yep um that's it that's all i got thank you dana for being here thank you pat and everyone else thanks for listening and here's the song that i feel like that everyone will like and i'm not even going to introduce it i'm going to turn our mics down and i'm just going to play this song and then dana, you can just nod dana if i if i picked a good one so here we go